what's the matter, Batman? No witty comeback. No threat. And I'll provide the narration. I'll begin with how I affected young Robin's makeover. Though he bravely tried to fight it at first, you would have been proud to see him so strong. But all too soon, the dear lad began to share such secrets with me. Secrets that are mine alone to know, Bruce. It's true, Batsy. I know everything. And kind of like the kid who peeks at his Christmas presents, I must admit, it's sadly anticlimactic. Behind all the sturm and batteracks, you're just a little boy in a play suit crying for mommy and daddy. It'd be funny if it weren't so pathetic. No, oh, what the heck, I'll laugh anyway. <laughs> are making me fat. Why, hello, it's two minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11, and it's the month of January in the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970 Solid State Radio. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Uh, Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We're here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. And uh, so forth and whatnot. It's Friday, and welcome to Day 12. Let me just share a little observation I had about myself moments ago. As I was doing the little opening thing there, I have that line where I say the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970, which, by the way, is a thing I've been saying for like 18 years. I don't know from whence it derives. I don't know why I said it. I don't know where it comes from. I have nothing. I will say this, however. There are certain days when I stumble over that phrase a little bit more than others. And it's the uh, it's the not overly ostentatious. Is that little three-word uh, set right there? And I do believe that someday, uh, when inevitably I'm felled by some horrific brain-crippling disease, that's how you're going to be able to spot it, because that's going to get more and more slurred every day. Until eventually, I'm just... It's just going to start, uh, start half-lifing away, and eventually I'm just going to come in and go... And that's going to be it. And then taking the rest of my meals through a straw. Well, anyway... Uh, hi, it's Friday. It's 503-733-2970. That's the verbal canary in the coal mine is all I'm saying. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, you want to be a part of today's program with your comments, your questions, your clarifications, your conventions, your two cents, uh, your what have you. It's 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, able, and with newly frosted hair to pass along your observations about the... Interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, the Batman-oriented, the what have you. 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. Uh, a little sound at the beginning from... That is from... Uh, 
Batman, uh, The Return of the Joker, I think. It's from Aaron, but I'm pretty sure it's Return of the Joker, which is part of the spinoff of Batman the Animated Series, which in turn has Mark Hamill as the Joker, who, depending on how Heath Ledger does, I mean, I'm saying for me, as of now, that Mark Hamill is the gold standard as the Joker right there. I know for many people it is Cesar Romero. Am I, am I right, Tim? Yes. All right. I'm saying for me it's Mark Hamill. And it remains to be seen how uh, how Heath Ledger pulled it out this summer. So there you go. All right. And that does sound a lot like, never mind. You know, I was going to start doing a whole thing about Batman and how it sounded a little bit like that graphic novel, The Killing Joke, there. But you know what? I'm just going to back up and move on without making an observation. It's 503-733-2970. Here's what's coming up in the day's uh, cavalcade of whimsy. Uh, Lisa Desjardins. Yes? You have the prep sheet? Oh, here it is. Lisa Desjardins, will be, Lisa Desjardins will be joining us from Columbia, South Carolina today, uh, where the fists are flying and there's something, the, the other noun is verbing, and everything's all very exciting. It, essentially, because I'm not going to get out. It, like last Saturday, all I did uh, was just sit there, and it, it, last Saturday was wonderful because you had the Nevada caucus happening, and then you have the South Carolina Republican primary happening, which is wonderful, and it, where you get the sense that that John McCain is just just inches away from just going over and beating Mitt Romney in the face. So that was last Saturday. Uh, tomorrow, the Democratic primary. Uh, I guess uh, Obama's up by a few points over Hillary Clinton. So it's going to be a very exciting contest. Uh, so that's tomorrow. We'll talk to uh, Lisa about that uh, today. CNN Radio correspondent Ed McCarthy joins us from the South. Uh, Aaron Geek in the city, Duran, joins us uh, later on in today's program to review something. Anyone? You know what he's reviewing? No Not idea. <laughs> is, is he just coming? Is he just coming by to drink the beer out of the fridge? Well, all right. Is it going to be an Aaron drinking show today? <sighs> Probably. I don't think he has anything. I, I don't think he's. I, I think he has the, the whole afternoon off work, and I don't think he has anything to review. So he may just sit in the corner and guzzle our booze. Uh, let's see. Uh, coming up uh, later on, another exciting installment of Democracy on the March. Um, let's see. What else? Well, a big pile of uh, a big pile of news to get to over here. Uh, and uh, we'll have more details. Oh, we got a great, let me just say this. We had a fantastic entry in the, the lot of spam. For, and by fantastic, I mean A, great, and B, not attempting to swindle us. I saw a great entry in the Spam-A-Lot contest yesterday. It really, I don't want to reveal what it is, only because it doesn't, it doesn't seem fair. Because if you're making a Spam sculpture, you, the actual physical creation of the Spam is difficult enough. It's also coming up with something that's a little interesting. Coming up with the, the, the genesis, the root, the acorn, the nut. The alpha of the idea. So there would, and it was a woman. And I'm, and if I act surprised by that, it's only because it, it. I'll just say this: the thing that she sculpted out of spam was a pretty great, b really recognizable, and c really geeky. And it, you, I, you, when you think of something really dorky being carved out of spam to win a Monty Python contest. You just don't necessarily think any sort of... I mean, you just picture the comic book guy doing it. So, anyway, so she sent us a really great sculpture. It's pretty fantastic. Uh, you can find out more about the Spamalot contest at 970.am. 970.am, you could win a chance to uh, take a trip or two to the Wynn Hotel in Las Vegas to see Spamalot, airfare, hotel, and VIP tickets to the show uh, if you uh, create the winning sculpture made out of Spam. You can find out more about that at 970 Dot a.m. But the entries are really coming in fast and furious, and they're in furious. It's going to be one of those days. They're coming in. Now back to you, Ryan. Uh, 
At the Ministry of Truth, working on the following stories for your edification on this Friday is the one and only Tim Riley. A teenager's fiendish plot to hijack an airline and then crash it into a Hannah Montana concert is exposed. The Oregon Supreme Court has said no to the wishes of a father to have his 12-year-old boy circumcised really? against the wishes of his ex-wife. In your face. Hershey's will stop making its icebreakers breath mints after law enforcement criticism that they look like street drugs. All you 70s people, attention. A, it's the Fonz. The Fonz will get a bronze statue in Milwaukee. <laughs> Manhattan police deny reports that they'll interview Mary-Kate Olsen about Keith Ledger's death. And there's a picture of Bill and Hillary posing with Barack Obama's slumlord. Fantastic. By the way, when you said when you said that thing about the Fonz, I thought you were going to start... Um, I thought you were going to start enumerating various things. I thought you were going to do like, A, it's the Fonz, B, it's Potsy. Oh. But then I realized that's not the case. No, that's what he used to say. There's not finding me funny at all today. Everything I say today is just falling flat like a half-deflated matzo ball. Well, I can't really... I think it's still kind of a holdover from yesterday. You kind of lost me yesterday. I'm so, the, the endless Christy McNichol discussion? Yes, and I'm all excited that you guys are excited about it, but I really had no idea what you were talking about for about two hours of the show yesterday. I'm sorry. I'm just suffering from hypothermia after sitting in the newsroom <laughs> with the door closed for now. Would you like to talk about um, Tori Spelling and Frilly Under things? She's pregnant. Ew, again? <laughs> really? Yes. Okay. Well, whatever. Because she, she was so sexy to begin with, and now with the stretching and the... Uh, the, st- the stretching and the sagging, she's got to be even like more everybody's so. getting knocked up? Like, it makes me never... Don't drink the water. Yeah, seriously, no. Just, I mean, I, well, I was going to say something crude, sort of. I was just going to say... What I was going to say, and this is <laughs> this is only because this is the first thing that came to mind. When you said everybody's getting pregnant, just said it makes you want to keep your legs closed forever. That's exactly... I'm just like, it makes me yeah. want to never sleep with... Yeah. Not that I ever have, of course. Of course, no. You're virginal. Um, just, no, but it, it really does make you want to, like, lay in like a gross of uh, of rubbers. You know what I mean? Just just take every precaution imaginable. I just, when do people stop wearing condoms? I don't know the answer to that. And uh, and you're right in the... You, I mean, you and I are not that far apart in age, so mm. we're about... I mean, we all lived through the 80s, which is suddenly where everybody had to be rubberized to do everything. Uh, where just every single day... Uh, you would walk outside, and every single newspaper headline was about that. And uh, so the the golden age of rubbers, which was I think the mid '80s, maybe up until I guess a few years ago. I don't know. I just I don't know how the young people are about that. I you know I'm not sure. I don't really know how the younger generation is about. I, I thought that it, well, you went to high school, uh, at, you know, after the sort of you know the, the rise of condemnation and so forth. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't it just sort of drilled into everybody's head when you're in high school now that you got to wear a rubber like all the time for everything? I think so. I can't really remember. It wasn't. They weren't all crazy. But then again, you know, everyone in Bremerton has had multiple children. <laughs> it is left. Bremerton. I swear, I look at people's MySpace profiles like, I'm on number four. I'm like, really? Yeah. How can you have that many babies in the amount of time it's been since high school? Well, but I mean, now let me ask you this. And I and I hesitate to wade into these waters because we got, oh, we almost got into trouble yesterday. Um, we almost got into trouble yesterday by maligning someone who was dating a friend of ours. And we pulled back. Did you from, hear from a person? No. No, I didn't. He uh, he didn't he didn't contact me because you know what we didn't name names and I'm not going to. He dwell- was very respectful about I'm it. I'm not going to dwell on it today. I'm just going to say we we pulled ourselves back from the brink of disaster yesterday because we very nearly uh, disparaged someone who was dating dating our friend. Um, well, she she knows what she did. <laughs> See, she wrote. Listen, listen to how you just can't help yourself. I know she she wrote an email to the other party involved. The to one- him. 
yes. to our friend. Yeah. Saying, oh, ha, ha, ha. That wasn't that. She's like, I'm sorry if I was being a bitch. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. If I'm being, <laughs> you are. It's not past, past tense, sweetheart. Uh, all right. Boy, I've just turned into Joan Crawford over here. What is going on with me? I blame both of you. I blame you and Tim. You and Tim, Tim are innocent bystanders. Your cat, I am. Your cattiness and snarkiness, respectively, have turned me into... I've turned into, into baby Jane. Jesus. But you are, Blanche! All right, let's stop this now. I was just going to say, my question was going to be, wading into these dangerous waters of judging your, your friends' personal lives again, I was going to ask you, in your assessment, of the people you know who have kids or are having kids, uh -huh. what percentage of those pregnancies would you say were planned and or wanted? Half? Half. So half of them are unwanted well, and unplanned. Well, it depends. There's like an assortment. It's like it's like wanted but unplanned. Planned but unwanted. Or I guess there isn't a planned and unwanted. No. I don't know any well, planned Well, only on one half of the uh, only on one half of the relationship equation. Usually for one person it's planned and for the other it's unwanted. In my experience. Um, but, but I mean, it, there's the unwanted and now I don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> like, there's the I'm unplanned and wanted. Unplanned and unwanted. And I guess that's pretty much it. Or planned and wanted. Boy, really, I, like we're like in a story problem now. Yeah. I'm sorry I even brought this up. I'm just saying, when you talk about your friends two, in Bremerton who have four kids. Yeah, the two people that I know, um, well, my friend Lisa just had a baby. Right. It was unplanned, but very much wanted. Okay. And then my other friend Summer is pregnant, and it was unplanned. And it's it's wanted, I mean, but she's very young. Right. So, I mean, so she's, I think she's like 23. But, I mean, you're like your people you know in high school where you look at her MySpace page and occupation, pumping up babies. I mean, do you suppose that that's just a, like, do you suppose that you just, I, and I say this now realizing I sound like I'm disparaging people who have kids, and I really don't mean that to be the case, but there are things that I just don't understand, and I wonder sometimes if you get, like, two kids in, and you just figure, well, I'm already here, you know, it's like you're already, seriously, it's like, it's like if you're, you know, it's like if you're in the quicksand and someone is handing you toasters. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm already holding five toasters in this quicksand. Hand me another one. Well, the two girls that I know, like Lisa and Summer, like they're both meant to be moms. You know, you can right. just tell people. But then they're not, they're just not breeding to breed. But like these girls from high school, man. So this one girl, I was trying to say, Christy got knocked up when I was a senior, and she has had four kids now. Well done. Four kids, and I have my high school reunion. I'm not. I don't even think I want to go. Oh no! When is your high school reunion coming? It's up? this year. Your, what, your 10? My 10-year high school reunion is this year. Old. <coughs> Tim, have you gone to any of your high school reunions? No, I never went back. No, me either. I haven't gone to a single one. I don't want to. I'd like to see a couple of my teachers. You've been in high school for 10 years? That 10 makes years. me feel old. Jesus. When is it? Is it in August or something? It's in like June or July or something. So we got to be milking that for show material like right now. <gasps> we need to figure out what kind of person I should come back as. Maybe I could be like a lesbian or I could have like seven <laughs> kids. We should totally vote on an alternate persona for you. Yes. And you're, I'll totally you're a do crack it. user. Uh, <laughs> I'm addicted to a crack. Sarah became a crack whore. That's wonderful. So you never went to any... Well, you went to like some weird prep school, though, right? Some did, skull yeah. and bones, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. whatever. Um, and so do they have reunions for prep schools? That's a dumb question. They but I don't do. Know. They, they stopped inviting me because I refused to make donations to their alumni association. Really good for you. Excellent. You know, you're rising on your own merits, Tim. You're not relying on your legacy. Um, I went... In fact, God, when my... My 10-year reunion happened. This makes me feel old in turn because I was so. yeah because I was already on the air here in Portland when my 10-year happened. Jesus, I've been here forever. My whole life frittered away. Um, 
in 2001. That was my that was my tenure. Um, and I remember having a lot of discussions on the air about it, uh, just milking it relentlessly for show material. But and it also just kind of what because I, I and I ended up just not going because well, first of all, they wanted to charge me money. It was like, it'll be $250 to attend this reunion. Thank you, no. And I just shredded the envelope and never thought about it again. Yeah. But also because it, my whole thing was, by definition, if there was somebody from back then that I really wanted to, to still be in touch with, I would already be in touch with them. With the Internet, it's not like it's difficult to find people. you got the MySpace and Classmates.com and Google and whatever. And so if there's really somebody you want to find... You have no difficulty finding them, and you would already be in touch with them, even sporadically. Mm -hmm. There are one or two people uh, who I went to high school with that, and we don't talk a lot, but there is a, like there is a, a, a girl I went to high school with who came to see Bigger Than Jesus uh, when we were doing it at the Imago. And uh, she and I hadn't seen each other since high school. She, she apparently had seen the webpage. She saw it, and she, she actually flew here. Just to see bigger than Jesus, because she, you know, had, had whatever, because she knew it was a lot about growing up in Kennewick. And then she and I went out to dinner afterwards and just hung out. And then we've emailed, I don't know, like once every few months or something, she'll drop me an email. That's, but that's like it. And so if I have not kept in touch with you, if I've had 15 years to find you and haven't bothered to do it, <laughs> I think we can all draw the appropriate conclusion from that. So, no, 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 thank you. So I haven't right. seen one person since I graduated. Really? Are you happy about that? Yes, I am. Like a successful dodging has happened? Mm -hmm. I had absolutely zero friends, <laughs> and I'm proud of it. <laughs> the tote board never moved. <laughs> I love you, Tim Riley. <laughs> Wonderful. Anyway, okay, well, we'll have to talk more about that. Oh, yeah, we'll have to get prepped for it. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, I have no shit, because I we... kind of am curious to go, because I... Um... Can we send Timmy Ryan as your as your husband? That could be funny. How great would that be? Oh, my, my God. And have him be just completely lecherous. I'm kidding on everybody. Totally. Thinking of booze. <laughs> How great would that be? Let it be wonderful. That is the best idea today. And that's what I'm saying. That's a great idea. That's wonderful. I'd almost pay the travel expenses for that. All right. Genius. We'll have to wire you for sound. Oh, yeah. We'll have to, have to totally plant like a lavalier mic on you. And have them be like a salesman for shower curtain rings or yeah. something like that. Oh, yeah, totally. Giving out free samples. We should completely... <gasps> we, free samples. We should completely yes. come up with like a completely non... The completely alternate universe, Sarah Dillon, uh, that we will create for I've your got, high school okay, reunion. So we've got to do this whole thing where I've got to make a... Like, we need to do the viral marketing thing. I've got to make a fake MySpace profile. Yeah. And like, say that maybe I've popped out a couple kids. Of course. Um, have I had, have, like, Carmen Miranda with bananas in it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Just wear, like, a big florid house dress. All right, wonderful. All right, it's 503-733-2970. By the way, I'd like to thank the man from Costco who was here today dropping off muffins. Um, there was he's, they, they come by about once every 90 days. I don't know if this happens at other businesses. It must, though. It, it can't just be us, uh, where the Costco guy comes over. And he sits in the conference room. Like a lonely Maytag repairman. Exactly. Sits there alone and neglected, like an author whose book no one cares to about. Talk to him. Exactly. <laughs> the building ever, is emptied within five minutes. Have you ever uh, purchased a book at, a, at a, like a Borders or something because you felt sad for the guy behind the book table? I have at a book fair. Really? Not at a Borders. Oh, yeah. Or a guy sitting there waiting to sign a book that no one cares about? Oh, no, I haven't seen that. But Lara has done that a couple times where she'll be at like a, like a Hastings or a Borders or a Barnes & Noble or whatever, and she'll be walking by and there'll be some guy like Spinal Tap style sitting there at the card table in the bookstore. And, of course, and just like Spinal Tap, sitting behind stacks of his book for the undoubtedly thousands of people that will be showing up to buy a copy of his, of his best-selling opus. And there's no one there. 
And so she has on more than one occasion stopped and made awkward small talk with an author and then purchased his book and had him, in, you know, and then he'll do the long inscription. And then it's really doubly awkward because she is the only person standing in front of the author's table at the bookstore. So he, of course, tries to drag the conversation without her as long as possible, tries, you know, to, tries to drag it out. Because he wants other people to see her standing at the table and to then come over and see what all the fuss is about. Uh, so we have all these books at home that are signed by author books we've never read. Books that we will inevitably give away or that will be taken out of our house when we die someday. Uh, that she purchased solely out of sympathy. So it is with the Costco guy. So about every 90 days, the Costco guy will come and he will sit in the conference room and then they sort of... They leverage you into walking into the conference room by having big boxes full of muffins. Those great uh, Costco muffins, from which I only ever eat the top. Uh, you know, I just I just do the muffin top thing, and I'll get like one uh, like brown sugar one and one chocolate one. But then, like you go in there and you feel compelled to the, to talk to the Costco guy a little bit. Like you don't want to just be. I did it this morning. I walk because Dave Zinn gets on the intercom and he says, "If you'd like uh, muffins." The Costco guy is in the conference room with muffins right now. And so everybody immediately starts making a beeline for the conference room. He's just the high fidelity guy. (laughs) But you walk into the conference room and there's the the sad little nebbish from Costco just sitting there be sitting there behind the behind the behind the conference room table, just sort of sadly looking down at his shoes and Every so often, picking up his cell phone and looking for messages and seeing there's nothing and just putting it back. It's almost like there's a rehearsal for a fire drill going on in the building. <laughs> and so I walk in, and there's the, like all the big boxes of, of Costco muffins. And I would feel like a dick just going in and grabbing a muffin and be like, hey, and then just walking out. So then I stand there, and I shift awkwardly from foot to foot like, so, Costco, you guys still sell those straws and boxes of thousand? Did you um, ask him if we could stay there during the um, impending no. zombie apocalypse? No. See, that's what I'm getting to, though. Oh. So I'm there making awkward conversation with the Costco guy, and I figure if I'm going to go in and get a free muffin, I owe him about 45 seconds of talk. That's kind of how I've worked it out of my head. Do we have breaking news? I have one headline here that's of great importance. All right. Hold on a second. Uh, let me just one second here. For the love of holy Christ. Just a second. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we now go to Tim Riley with this breaking headline. There's a fire burning at the Monte Carlo Hotel Casino on the Vegas Strip. Wow, really? That's all we know at the moment. So maybe if we can get CNN up here. Can we uh, we can't get CNN up here. Okay. okay. Well, we won't do that. No. Uh, but uh, we will keep you updated. Once again, there is a fire burning at the Monte Carlo Hotel Casino on the Vegas Strip. Okay. Jesus. Well, that's unfortunate. Let me see if I can pop this up. All right. Uh, I'll just finish the story really briefly, and and then we'll take a break, come back with Lisa. So I figure I owe the Costco guy about 45 seconds of conversation. So I go in there, and I, you know, I just kind of say, well, uh, some weather we're having. Okay, i got to go. And so I grab the muffin, and I leave. And as I try to leave, Dave Zinn is right outside the door, and he collars me. He buttonholes me. So um, did you ask him about hiding in Costco during the zombie apocalypse? And I said, no, I really, you know, he goes, he goes, no, 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 come here. And Dave tries to shove me back in. <laughs> and and the thing is, you can tell just by looking at the Costco guy, he's not going to understand or appreciate or find amusing the fact that his store's sole benefit to me is that I can hide there from the undead. And so I, I go in, and Dave shoves me back in, and I turn to leave. And just as I am leaving the conference room and trying to run back to my office, I hear Dave starting the conversation with him. So as I leave the conference room around the corner, as I'm walking away, I hear this, 
So um, there's a zombie apocalypse coming, and we were wondering if we could hide in Costco. <laughs> All right. Hey, that's a that's that's a real fire happening there. That's on the top floor. It's at the top floor of the Monte Carlo Hotel. And it looks like uh, and there's a fire. Let's see. Actually, it looks like two floors. The top floor. It looks like it's spread to a balcony a couple of floors below that. So it looks like uh, most of the flames are coming out of one room on the right hand side of the top floor of the Monte Carlo Hotel in Las Vegas. It is a three alarm fire. Jesus, that's no good at all. I mean, the top floor, how would something even... Oh, wait a minute, no, it's actually on two sides of that, wow. Okay, so it looks like a good stretch of the top floor of the Monte Carlo Hotel. Do we know how tall, the, like how high the hotel is? How many floors is that, do we know? I don't know. We can try bringing up the sound here if we want to. Looking at live pictures right now, right at the roof the CNN? of the Monte yeah. Carlo Hotel and Casino... On the Las Vegas Strip, you can see some construction going on behind the Monte Carlo Hotel. This is actually the south tower of the hotel. It is a three-alarm fire currently on the roof, as we see right there with the thick black smoke continuing to rise from the top of the hotel. According to their website, it has 3,000 rooms in the hotel, and we were seeing uh, just moments ago a lot of people evacuating from the hotel, leaving the scene as the fire crews were coming onto the scene to try and combat this fire right now. It's a three-alarm fire. No word yet on the cause of what started this fire, but as we see from these live pictures, it continues to burn right now. Again, fire crews quickly to the scene. They're trying to get this thing up. Those people will all be comped at the noodle bar. I bet they will. All right, we have to break. Uh, back after this with Lisa Desjardins. And if you're on hold, hang tight. We'll get to your calls here in just a few. Uh, stay there. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. More on this coming. Jake Gyllenhaal to you. You know what? Yeah. I've always thought that. A lot of people have said that. Uh, why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson, not me. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. More coming up, including already endless emails about Sarah's high school reunion. So we'll get to all that. Oh, that is going to be genius. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Columbia, South Carolina. CNN Radio Correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Hello there. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Let me ask you this. Gut check. High school reunions. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Go. A thumbs up. Thumbs up. Just, just I mean, just, just for the stories, just for the laugh effect. Yeah. Thumbs uh, up. Now, is it that now are high school reunions a thing that you have attended or plan to attend? I have attended one. Did you, yes. did you attend and, like, did you wear a huge thing that said CNN on it? <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't at CNN at the time, so yeah, I, I was with the Associated Press then. So oh, well, kind of like. Uh, oh no, actually, uh, I was in South Carolina. I was a, a I was a reporter right here in South Carolina at that know, time. The Associated Press is not without its cachet, though. It's true. It's true. All right. Uh, so uh, you, uh, you are in uh, Columbia, South Carolina, and as it says here on the prep sheet, it is the center of the Democratic universe. Um, so I am unclear about this because I, I, I've just seen. I've seen all of these stories, which feel very much like spin, uh, in the last mm. day or so about how Barack and Hillary both have pulled their negative campaign ads and they've tried to put the gloves back on and whatever, that they tried to tone it down. But right. but that just feels like 
that just feels like a, like another way to sort of backhandedly note that they are just hell bent on destroying each other lately. So where what is the camp? What is the vibe like in terms of how they're reaching the electorate right now? You know, I think, especially two, two days ago and yesterday, there were some pretty disgruntled voters. I was running into a number of Democratic voters who were saying, you know what, I might not vote because this has gotten silly. And and I think that's what the Clinton and Obama campaigns are responding to. And there are other voters who are saying, I'm looking at John Edwards now because he was above the fray. Now, you know, never mind that he was above the fray in one debate, but he was really the one kind of, you know, going on the attack for a while. But... His timing is very good, and, and he is getting a, he is legitimately getting some talk here. Now, I don't know if that's really going to turn into votes. Some polls show that it is. Some polls show that he's starting to surge here in South Carolina at the right moment, but those polls haven't been the most reliable. No, uh, this no, election. they have not. Uh, so a, as of right now, I saw something this morning that they said that they had Barack up by 10 or 11, and I, I, for, it, I don't think it was yeah. a Zogby poll. I don't know from where, where I saw that. But what is the conventional wisdom right now about the expected outcome? I think, I think you're going to hear most people say that Barack Obama is expected to win, but it is an expectations game, and that's why Hillary Clinton did so well in New Hampshire she won by two points, which isn't a huge win, but it felt like a huge win because, you know, her campaign kept going around saying, oh, we're, we're supposed to lose, we're supposed to lose. So now the Barack Obama campaign is saying, listen, we have no idea what's going to happen. We're fighting for every vote here. And Hillary Clinton hasn't given up on this state. It looked like she was going to. Like she was moving to the Super Tuesday states. She wasn't going to campaign here, but now she is here. And that makes me think that... The numbers are tighter than we think. And then, what is the? There's been a lot of this discussion about whether Bill Clinton is a is a help or a hindrance at this point. Right. Because right. on the one hand, you know, because everybody who is president is referred to as president for the rest of their life. Uh, on the one hand, you've got a you know a, a former president campaigning for you. On the other hand, how do I was about to make the worst analogy on earth. I was about to say, I was about to say, and I'll say it anyway, under the guise of commentary on my own inanity, uh, that. Bill Clinton is almost, in a weird way, becoming becoming as to Hillary as 9/11 is to Rudy Giuliani. You know what I mean? Uh, in the, in the just the constant association that initially seemed like something you could sort of leverage into votes that now people are just becoming very weary of. You know, you might have a little something there. There's a, there's that's that's not completely off, I don't think. But but I think the difference here is we really saw how. Um, when Bill Clinton was running for president, he he wasn't scared to go on the attack, but he's even but but he seemed to be able to mask it a little bit more than now. Now it is direct and it is blunt force against Barack Obama. And you know you'll hear this morning Hillary Clinton went on the Today Show, and she said, you know I don't want to be like this. I, I don't want to have these attacks, but I have to defend myself. I have to go on the counterattack. But but the truth is, Rick, that Bill Clinton is the first one in this campaign who really started throwing darts. He was the one who did it. So, you know, the Clinton campaign is kind of playing both sides on that. Well, they and, and you got to figure that, A, as you said, not only is it a result probably of everything that the, the Clintons endured in their time in office, but as you said, they, they certainly are not innocent in this sort of a thing. They really have, they really do play the game just as hard and as fast as it can be played. Uh, they do, and, you know, some people would say, some Democrats say that's great. Democrats were, they would say Democrats kind of rolled over for too long, uh, under Republicans who were playing this game, and that the Clintons were the one who said, "No, we're going to play that same game." Uh, yeah, but now you've got Barack Obama, who who really is trying, who truly on the ground, you can tell he is trying to run a different kind of campaign. 
uh, than the Clintons. But so so the contrast there is, is much tougher for them, I think. I'm already leaping ahead, actually, until next year when this is all said and done, and just thinking about the books that are going to be written about what just an insane the campaign this is, and not just on the Democratic side. I mean, it really is just such a, such a wide-open, unbelievably unpredictable race on both sides. But, I mean, the idea that – and it is really great. And everybody knows that I'm kind of a dorky super patriot at heart, and I, and I get I get sort of pie-eyed and, and uh, mm. Capra-esque about these things. But the idea that – no, pie-eyed is the wrong word. That's when you're drunk. What is the thing? What, I get pie – I get drunk about you these get, things. What is, you get wide-eyed, perhaps? Wide-eyed, starry-eyed. Starry-eyed? Yeah, I'd, you probably get starry-eyed. of March? No, I don't know what it is. I get something about it. <laughs> about the fact that, the, you know, the, the fact that we are uh, having this incredibly tight race between a woman and a black man for president. I mean, it's right. just great. It is just so great, and not just in the traditional Rick Emerson of, uh, sense of great, because I like to see things that that uh, mess up the uh, that mess up the you know the the redneck belt. Um, but it really is great in like in the actual real. Uh, sense of the word. So, um, anyway, I, I don't even. Yeah, I don't no, even... no. And I, I think you know. I think I think you're right. And I think I, on both sides, you're right. We've got some really wacky elections, and I think Rudy Giuliani needs to be getting ready for what could be a tough week. He's he's really got oh. some problems. But you know, you'll notice coming out of this Clinton Obama kind of cat fight that the Republicans. I don't know if you saw the Republican debate in Florida. But they were practically French kissing each other. They were, they were, you know, they were really giving each other compliments, going after Hillary Clinton. I think learning from the Obama-Clinton divide. And you talk to Republicans here in South Carolina right now. I had one just, oh, he was honestly just gut laughing for probably 20 seconds. He was so happy to see Obama and Clinton go after each other. So the Republicans are loving this, and they're, and they're changing their ways because of it, too. Well, there's two, two brief points here, and I know you're very busy today. A, one, what do you make of this general assessment that the rest of the Republicans dislike Mitt Romney intensely? I mean, even more so than is typical in a presidential election. There is this sort of conventional wisdom that the, that the rest of the GOP candidates just flat-out loathe Mitt Romney for any number of reasons. You know, I can't speak to that. I don't know. I I know some campaign staffers for other campaigns that that feel that way, but I don't know. I, I don't know for sure about the candidates. I can tell you, Mitt, one of Mitt Romney's problems is that the press corps. I I, I think I hate. I don't want to make it like the press corps, advice, but the, I think the press corps doesn't like him. I think that, um, or you could also look at it as he's very combative on the on the trail. He's not like John McCain, where John McCain will sit there for hours and. He will answer every question until you've got you've got nothing else to ask. You're just embarrassed. You're bringing up uh, you know World Pirate Day as I have. You know, so we talk like a pirate day. So he he and the press corps loves it because he's so accessible and he's much more laid back. But Mitt Romney really does come on, uh, you know, like like someone who's who's kind of in a different category than you. Uh, you don't know what it is, but he's he's more combative and he's not he's much he's more isolated. And I think. The press corps is responding to that, so I'm, it's hard for me to gauge. Coverage of him, I think, has suffered. His campaign has suffered because of that. Please tell me you saw the video of Mitt Romney singing "Who Let the Dogs Out" while posing <laughs> with some black voters on MLK Day. Yes, that's fantastic. It yes. really is like the best thing I've ever seen. Uh, finally, I do have to give it up to the New York Times. The Times had the single best headline I've seen so far, and it was about Rudy Giuliani's implosion. It was called "Goodbye Rudy Tuesday." <laughs> and I, I mean, he uh, really, it is, is it safe to say that he's at like 1980 uh, American Soviet hockey miracle on ice uh, levels now where he has to just clean everybody's clock substantially mm. to not be hosed? 
Yeah, he might be. He might. It might be a late classic situation for him. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Well done. All right. Uh, I know you've got a busy day, busy weekend, all of that coming up. So um, I don't know. It just. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I I'm envious. I wish I was there. We will I talk know, to I you. I wish you guys were down here too. It's great. We'll talk to you sometime next week. Have a great weekend. Have a great tomorrow. Okay, great. Thank you, Lisa Desjardins in Columbia, South Carolina. Fantastic. All right. So, Bellagio, fire, Bellagio and New York, New York are being evacuated right that now. That fire is insane. Mm -hmm. If I sound a little distracted during the Lisa thing, I apologize because I actually had to turn Tim's monitor away from me because I kept, like an idiot, like a guy, I kept staring at the fire uh, for no readily apparent reason. So... Do we know more about this it fire? Began, the uh, let's see here. Shortly after 11 o'clock, dark plumes of smoke can be seen. Fireworks. There are 32 floors and about 3,000 people staying at the hotel. It is burning in three different parts of the casino. It looked to me as though there were three different floors on yeah. fire. Uh, the uh, roof, you know, the, the toppermost floor, then the one below that, and then the one below that. So mm -hmm. if, if you say it's, how, how high did you say it is? Uh, so, so it's 32 stories. So it looked like stories 30, 31, and 32 mm -hmm. were on fire. Okay. Um, we can go back to CNN for a minute and, and uh, pick up their coverage if you want. Bellagio. So a lot of people who were staying in this hotel were being told are being quickly evacuated and sent over to neighboring hotels. We can see actually I can see right debris there. falling. Kind of this. Yeah, there's big the chunks of flaming crud right now, out of the building. The fire uh, has started on the south tower of the roof of the Monte Carlo Hotel portion. Some of that debris is now falling. We just saw, okay, you can see that on the right-hand side, actually, some more debris falling. It's just having a problem Vegas. for some of the lower floors as well. There it is, Man. again. I bet they're going to send Roop. I, I bet they're going to yank Roop and send him right back to Vegas. Some of the hoses from the firefighters on the roof. Sprinklers? It looks to be... But the weird thing about this fire at the Monte Carlo in Vegas, we should note this isn't in Portland, this is in Vegas on the Strip, it looks to be not only on different floors, but like uh, horizontally in different sections of the building, like, in other words, way down the hall from each other. ...mentioned, causing quite a problem for some of those lower floors. Again, we are also getting some more so there's perspective stuff falling here. from Google yeah, there's Earth. Fiery we are debris also getting falling a perspective onto the from our iReporters who have quickly sent us uh, all sorts of pictures from the street as well. They sent us the perspective of what it looked like uh, not only on the Strip. So once again, there's a fire at the Monte Carlo Hotel on the Strip in Vegas, New York, New York, uh, which is right next door to that, is being evacuated. Wow. All over the Strip and even as is Bellagio. So we'll come back. Let me get this call. We'll come back to uh, all that here in just a few. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. It's Hans. Ah, uh, hello, Hans of the Tram. Hans. Hello. What's up? Uh, two things. First thing, I was. Wandering around the internet, uh, and I've, uh, in my office, I maintain a daily check of Paul Harvey's life status. Well, cause... Um, <laughs> and and I, I was glancing around uh, some information on him, and guess who is his successor designate when he's gone? Please don't say Ryan Seacrest. Well, it's not Paul Harvey Jr. No, it's not Paul Harvey Jr. Wait, it's, hold on. It's... Paul Harvey, hold on. Paul Harvey's successor, the waiting, waiting in the wings, uh, obviously a man? Yes. Man, uh, uh, older or younger than 50? Uh, older. Older than 50? Older than 50. Hold on. Um, does he currently broadcast on television or radio? Uh, he has had a career in television. He has had a career in television. Does he currently have a career in television? I don't believe so. Tim, do you have any idea who Paul Harvey's successor designate is? Hmm. I was kind of hoping it would be Doug Limerick. Doug Limerick, good reference. Look at you. That's fantastic. I can, I can remember Doug Limerick. 
I'm uh, Doug Limerick. Right. He was on uh, WHDH in Boston for many years when I was growing up. Uh, I'll tell a great Doug Limerick, Doug Limerick story in just a second. We say broadcasting now only to Craig Adams. Uh, okay, now who? I give up. Uh, former Tennessee Senator Fred Dalton no! Thompson. No! You are making that up! No, he has a he has a contract with ABC, signed it in 2006, as lo- assuming he would not become president, which he now will not be. <laughs> um... Well, I guess that makes a perverse kind of sense. He does have that idiot Cracker Barrel wisdom thing yes, going sir. on. Uh, wow, that's... Well, you know what they tell you is never wrestle with a pig. Cause, cause <laughs> now you, you know the rest of the story. When you wrestle with a pig, you both get dirty and the pig lacks it. Jesus. <laughs> that makes a horrible kind of sense, actually. All right, thank you, my friend. Yeah. Hey, and uh, yeah. just, just so you know, this new movie coming out today called Untraceable yeah. is set in Portland and was filmed all over the city. Oh, and it's apparently a big pile of ass yeah. also. So that goes with the being filmed in Portland thing. There you go. I didn't know. Thank you. I didn't know it was set in Portland. Uh, Laura and I, when we went to see Charlie Wilson's War, saw the trailer for Untraceable. And it, that was one of those trailers. We were talking about this yesterday. Where about nine seconds into the trailer, we both looked at each other and went, well, this is the worst thing that's ever been made. I had no idea it was filmed and set in Portland. What? Why were, Tim, are you in this movie? No, I'm not. Sarah? You totally knew that. I don't even remember talking about yeah, it. Yeah, because Brad was like, remember when Diane Lane was in town and um, Brad was driving them around? She was his, maybe. you know, she's on his list. I guess maybe I got knocked out of my head by the Charlie's Throne thing. Yeah, and that movie they looks... They shut down the bridges. Boy, Untraceable looks so bad. It looks so unbelievably bad. I mean, it looks like... It looks like one of your Lifetime movies. It really does. But like one of your Lifetime Ooh, movies... I would love it. Well, no, it, it looks like it's going to be entertaining in a terrible way. It looks like a Lifetime oh, movie the meets... the Me thing, right? Yeah, it's like meets CSI. It's one of those, because, you know, girls love murder. It's the greatest movie ever. Yeah, that's what I mean. It is like a CSI for women sort of a thing. Um, and where, of course, she plays like a brilliant computer hacker, you know, who's beautiful. And uh, And it's another one. It's one of those... Do you know the general gist of this movie, Untraceable? I can outline the whole thing for you right now. It's and about, I'm, gi- I'm giving away no spoilers. She gets a little too close to the murder, and then he, like, turns uh-huh. on her. <laughs> Are you guessing? Yeah. No, that's totally what that's it is. That's always what happens. And then eventually he comes after the investigator. She's investigating this uh, this murder that she, she was not involved in in any way, and all of a sudden he targets her. And it's another one of those horrible internet-based, like, it feels very 1999. It's a lot of, like, cyber crime. They do say cyber at one point, oh, by the way. Oh, good lord. Uh, I don't know if they say information superhighway, but I think they say cyber crime. And... It, of course, where none of the none of the computers look anything like computers that we use in the real world. Like no one in the movie uses Windows or Mac or anything. It's all like, it's all like a weird operating system that seems to only exist in Hollywood films. Here's the general uh, thrust of the film, by the way, which is stolen from Spike Lee's Bamboo. And does she have a young child that she's trying to protect? Yes. Is she a single mother? Yes. Okay. Wow. You ought to write some of these movies, Sarah. I probably I've, I've toyed with it sometimes. You ought to crank one out. Um, so the, the the thrust of the movie is this. Uh, and by the way, I think this was also done in Halloween H2O, also done in Fear.com, also done in Homicide.com. This this idea that I'm about to describe has been done like at least 12 different times. So the, the thing is, he's a serial killer and, of course, has to have a wacky hook. And so his hook is he kidnaps people. This is all in the trailer, by the way. He kidnaps people, uh, puts them in a warehouse somewhere on camera, which is then anonymously broadcast over the Internet in, like, a way that, like, no one can find. It can't be traced because he's, like, a genius. <laughs> he kidnaps people, puts them on camera on the Internet, and then he hooks them up to, like, a like an IV drip full of poison, 
But the deal is, oh, you'll never, here's the thing. Don't, you're making me no. uncomfortable. The more people who log on to the site, the faster the poison drips. So you see, we're all complicit in the killing, Sarah. And then the police have to tell people, don't play into his sick game. This is just what he wants. Don't you understand? Is there a heated press conference? Yes. Yeah, there is in the trailer where the guy goes, we are asking the public not to go to this website. That's just what the killer wants. And then she is, yes, a single mother, becomes obsessed with the crime. But, of course, because he's a super criminal, he not only can act, crack it, hack into her home computer, her cell phone, I swear to you this is true in the trailer, he hacks into her OnStar account and just starts, like, his voice just appears, like, in her car. Like he's driving along. So, Hello, Carol. And she's, who's that? It's me, Carol. I'm watching you. I'm the super criminal who has skills that only exist in films. I'm going to poison you very slowly. Yeah. And then she's like, and then I th I'm guessing that the final victim is like her daughter that she has to save. And nothing's going to come between her and her daughter. Yes. Nothing. Not even that mastermind. <laughs> It's terrible. It looks so I goddamn so bad. There. Is yeah. it this weekend it opens? Oh, it opens today. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know what I'm doing after the show. I amused myself by reading the reviews. Let's uh, talk to Senior Marina correspondent Ed McCarthy in the South. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. How are you, Rick? Hey, man. Are you watching this? Uh, hey, yes. Are you watching this fire in Vegas? Yeah. yeah, we were there last summer. We didn't stay there, but I mean, it was one of the one of the casinos where you went in and you dropped a few bucks and then you went to the next one. You yeah, know, this this fire is huge. It's, it's like on three different floors and two different wings of the building. It looks oh, that's like. what it looks like. But uh, they're wondering if it's up in that uh, heating duct area right now, and a lot of it is the stucco up in the top. It's looks like a false facade. It might not be as bad as it looks, but uh, I, would, I can't say for sure. Yeah, right I would hope not because it, it because frankly it looks terrible. It's it, and it is it, got these pieces of flaming debris that are falling off the side and onto the street and whatnot. Not even this will get the old people off the penny games. <laughs> You're right about that. You know that it's exactly everybody's heard this story about you know I don't know if this ever happens, but everybody's heard the story about a guy they knew. In Vegas, where some guy has a heart attack on the floor, and the you know the blackjack just goes on all around him. He's they get they're doing a chalk outline on the on the floor of the casino, and meanwhile the 21 is still going on. Um, I here's the woman I always see in Vegas, and she's always old, always has an oxygen tank. Um, she has, oh, I've seen that too. Yeah. No, it's always an old woman with an oxygen tank, and she's doing this. She's double fisting it at the slot machines. Right. Where, where she is, her chair, the stool is between two machines, and she is playing two slot machines at once. You know, drop money, crank, handle, spin. And then she turns to the other one. Money, crank, handle, spin. So she's always got one set of, d of wheels uh, spinning, playing two different slot machines at once. That is always the way that uh, that, that goes. So I saw a lot of those scooters when we were out there last time. Oh, the, no, the, 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 the rascals. The rascals? You know? I'm a yeah. rascal in my little rascal. Uh, <laughs> they rent those. Yeah. Uh, well, enough, enough of that. Well, no, I mean, I look forward to being an old person or maybe just really large so I can ride one of those around with impunity. You know, and just run down the, <laughs> run down young punks in my rascal. So, this is a terrible thought. It really is. In any event, I, uh, we normally don't do, like, economic talk or whatever on the show because we work yeah, but we're, we're getting some uh we some cash here we work in radio so what's really the point of talking about economics it's you know i i essentially get paid in literally like a bushel of peanuts uh anyway so but i know <laughs> but i know that they're trying to do this thing of you know trying to like stem this awkward this awkward economic implosion or stagflation or whatever it is they're calling it so but i but so so where where are we with the economy, Ed McCarthy. Well, I guess, you know, if you can wait, you know, they always make it look like you're going to get it right now. But, you know, nothing is quick on Capitol wow. Hill. So this is a plan that would provide rebate checks to about 117 million families 
and $50 billion in incentives for businesses. That's the bottom line of it. But we'll probably get the darn thing in June. They're talking about uh, checks. At least everybody who's a tax filer would get at least 300 bucks. But the range is 600 to 1200 dollars, you know, and all the circumstances are different for people with kids and all of that. And you get 300 dollars for, uh, you know, for each child or whatever. One of those things though, where they always say the range is 600 to 900 dollars, and then like here on the show, like we get our checks and it's like four dollars and 12 cents. That's what I'm afraid of because I thought of that myself, and I'm thinking, you know. It's never. It's always too good to be true, like, you know? It's like I, I always feel like there's a secret box you need to check on the other side that I'm never told about. And it's like, check here to really get it. You know, and then I don't. Yeah. And then I just get a thing in the mail that just kind of goes, uh-huh. And then that's that's sort of it. So. Then you get it and you go, oh, I wonder who got the high end on this and deal there's here. always a guy you work with. There's always a guy who works down the hall from you who's like, hey, I got my check, $74 million. Yeah. You know, and, and meanwhile, you've got yours, and it's like it's not even worth the gas to drive to the bank to cash it. No, it's like that little check you get where you have like a little electric co-op or something, and you've got a check for five <laughs> totally. bucks at the end or of like the year. Reader's Digest used to like give you, they used to send you like a nickel or something in the mail yeah. to, like to sort of guilt trip you into subscribing to their magazine, like, here, we've sent you a quarter, now you have to subscribe. Yeah, and then they used to send you these checks, and you'd sign them, and you find out you suddenly signed up for MCI. Remember that? Oh, dude, I I remember getting those two words like, you, you pay to the order of Rick Emerson, you know, $98, and you sign up for it, and then suddenly you realize you've, you've purchased, a, you know, a $9 million subscription to National Geographic that you didn't really want. So, all right. Hey, big... There's uh, never any free money, is there? Is that, no. that's, the, that's the message we're sending out today. No, and there's this fire... I'm sorry, I hate to be distracted, but is this fire... is just getting... It looks to be getting bigger and bigger. Tim, yeah, do we have... Uh, really smoky now, isn't it? But it's, but it's you know it looks like they might be getting because the smoke is whiter. It's not as dark as black. Yeah, it's, it seems to be getting under control. All right. And this could be since it's on the top floor, kind of a fake facade they have around the heating and air conditioning area. And we're sort of knowing that that it might not be the building proper. I can uh, just imagine hearing this in the casino. Wheel of fortune. So there's a fire. Please get out. Wheel. My of whole thing. Is, I'm not leaving. <laughs> my whole thing is. Like, I don't even know how... I've never been in a casino where there's been a real emergency or anything, and I do wonder how difficult it is to get people off the tables and out the front door. I mean, it, it, as you said, there are people who just... They would not leave the table if they themselves were on fire. Of course not. I got 3,000 credits. No. You think I'm leaving? What do you think? I'm crazy? <laughs> exactly. All right, my friend. Enjoy your weekend. We will talk to you next week, sir. Okay, Rick. Take hey, care. Now. McCarthy. There you go. Fantastic. All right. Uh, so does it look like the fire is sort of getting under control, Tim? Yeah, it's still kind of smoky. I guess we could rejoin CNN for a minute here. Uh, Once again, the Monte Carlo Hotel in Vegas, at least the top floor, has been burning. Somebody say it. So let's see here. Do we have a? Uh, do we have a feed? Is no one? Sarah, can we pot up CNN? It is up. Oh, is there nothing there? Oh, wait a minute. Hang on. Uh, let's All see right. here. Are we potted up here? I don't know. It. Uh... We are. We're not getting anything. Is this a good time for me to say the roof is on fire? Sorry. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir, madam, is the case, maybe. Two seconds. You couldn't wait two seconds, Rick? Why? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I steal I was, some? <laughs> I was just wondering, last week was the Vegas caucus, right? Yes. Because I was thinking that Romney could be there singing to everyone, the roof. No. The roof. No. 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 Thank you. Bye so now. No. <laughs> sorry. I didn't mean to steal the, to steal the joke from the caller. Uh, all right. Well, let's take a break here. We'll come back and we'll be on time at the news hour.
Uh, if you are just joining us, the Monte Carlo Casino in Las Vegas appears to have some sort of a fire happening uh, on the upper floors. Uh, so we will get the absolute latest on that when we return with Tim Riley. Don't go anywhere. It is uh, the Rick Emerson Show. We're moments away from Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Stay there. Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Ladies and gentlemen, please pay heed to your new God. It's time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Fire on the Vegas Strip. A fire. Three alarmers going up to Monte Carlo Hotel. Now, we understand that what is burning are not actual hotel rooms but a facade made out of styrofoam. So how is that possible? Because it's the... Do you mean there's the building and then it's sort of the building has an outer layer of styrofoam? Yeah, this area doesn't house any part of the building itself. It is a fake facade made out of construction type of styrofoam, and that's what's burning on the top floors. These are not actual rooms. Oh, I see. So it's... Uh... So it's like, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? It's like that third smokestack in the Titanic. It's just a fake. Right. Okay. So uh, let's go live now from uh, Las Vegas Television, KTMV Channel 13 for their live coverage. Uh, very quickly uh, to this fire here that we are seeing now. The south side towards the um, New York, New York is where we are seeing these flames. And, of course, the headquarters located on uh, down the street on Flamingo off Maryland Parkway close to UNLV. So... No doubt the fire crews were dispatched extremely quickly. Our construction guys working on our building here tell us that uh, there's a good possibility that the stuff that was burning so quickly on the top of the Monte Carlo, mostly decorative materials, and that uh, the good news probably is, is that no actual hotel rooms or people were in jeopardy. But again, the word from Clark County Fire, no major injuries reported in this, bla this blaze that started two hours ago. Uh, we started with Action News Live midday, five minutes. Two hours ago. We realized that this was yeah. uh, happening. We were getting calls in that there were flames spreading, which started in the very small middle section and spread in both directions on the top of the Monte Carlo. I never really thought about that. You don't really think about tall buildings and how they respond to fires like this. West wing of the uh, top of the building, get those flames under control, then move to the south wing. That's nearly contained right now. You've been seeing the fire crews leaning out of these uh, hotel rooms on the lower floors, putting water on fires, the flames basically burning above their heads. They believe this fire is, is mainly on the exterior of the hotel. Uh, now, we'll see, obviously, be able to find out uh, before too long how much of the inside of this hotel is burned. But they believe that mainly this is, this is contained to the exterior mm. of the hotel, which I believe, would, if that's the case, would be a testament, certainly, to some of the things that they've done with, the, uh, with firefighting and with, with the products that they've been able to build with now as we see more. So it seems like this is a, there's the building and then there's just this outer shell Correct. of styrofoam, and that's maybe yeah. what is building. Right. All right. These are, these are not actual hotel rooms themselves. All right. Okay. So, uh, so there you go. We'll check back later, but it looks like it's about over. All right. So there you go. So there was briefly an exciting fire at the Monte Carlo Hotel Casino on Las Vegas Strip. Uh, so it was decorative styrofoam. 
And who would know that the top of this was styrofoam? I, but isn't that totally appropriate when you think about it? Doesn't that make absolute everything's sense? Everything's fake. In Vegas, yeah, everything sort of looks nice, but when you lean on it, it's all just like one big Potemkin village. All right. So that's that. Nobody get hurt. And uh, we go on with our lives. Well, you know what it is? Do you wonder if, like, on the CNN or, like, on the KTLA computers or something at the news desk, they just have, it's like those keys at the top of your computer that say F1 through F12. Like, there's one that says, like, car chase. One that's fire. You know. Uh, killer bees, or whatever, just a whole series of presets that they go to. Fl- Mudstorm, you know, whenever there's, there's, there's some disaster that they're going to be covering. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. So things going on here in the Oregon Supreme Court today blocked a divorced former Southern Oregon man from circumcising his 12-year-old son against the wishes of the boy's mother. In your face, penis mutilator. So doesn't the boy have a say in this? Apparently not. The uh, court ruled that the trial judge failed to determine whether the boy wanted to have the procedure. Well, because that, has, that would be helpful. Has no it? one asked him? I guess not. I mean, I hate to sound it, it, dumb about this, but it does seem like it's... Uh, although, I mean, I can't... I, I just feel so bad for the kid regardless, because A... Everybody in school is going to know. I, I mean, yeah, and the best part is how they're... You've got, what, let's see, seven more, uh, six more years of school to go. Oh, that, known and he's that. not even a teenager yet. No. That's the thing. He's not even a teenager and already... It's all well good for us to make fun of this, which we will. But I mean, he's not even a teenager, and already his penis is the subject of a national discussion. I mean, really, unless you're the president of the United States, there's just no call for that. I, the, uh, I mean, it, it, and they're not revealing the kid's name because they want to keep him anonymous. I, I do believe I may be wrong about this, but I do believe at least one outlet put out the, the name of the parents: James Bolt and Leah Bolt. Thanks. Well, the child's mother, Leah Bolt, claims that circumcision is dangerous and that her son is afraid to say he doesn't want it. Don't be afraid, young man. Speak up now. You really, honestly, this is the time. This, this is the time to let your feelings be known. So, uh, all right, uh, let me guess. Is the dad a recent convert? To Judaism. Yes, of course. He circumcised his son. Of course he does. As the custodial parent, he argued that he has wide latitude oh. to make that decision for the boy. Really, honestly. Now, the lower court sided with the dad. The case has attracted national attention and will continue to do so. An anti-circumcision group based in Seattle says it's dangerous. Jewish groups joined in the fray of the concern that the Oregon court could restrict circumcision. Some people have nothing better to do. I was just going to say, there's some people who seem really fixated on the genitals of children. So, you know, why don't you find a different hobby? Go look for UFOs in Texas. (laughs) I mean, honestly... I know that it's, and I'm not going to sit and dwell on us because then we're going to sound like, I'm not going to do like a whole, what do you think about circumcision? Because then you just sound like one of those tiresome men's rights groups that are just a bunch of like sexless cranks that everybody, you know, that haven't gotten laid since the Carter administration. And those guys who refer to ex, the ex-wife, they don't have a name for her. One of those guys who refers to their ex-wife as the bitch. Uh, you just, I mean, so I don't want to devolve into that. I, I'm going to say, though, that really, honestly, I, I mean... Find something better to do with your time uh, than hacking away bits of your child's penis. Because that really does seem to indicate something, I would say, deeply wrong with you. So, you know, my assessment only. Here's Tim Riley. Jesus. An Oregon woman who forced her children to shoplift has been sentenced to 30 days in jail by a judge who called her a miserable parent. Amber Wilson of Beaverton must also take parenting classes and have no contact with the children except her own. That doesn't make any sense. 
Her own are the ones that did. <laughs> Amber Wilson of Beaverton, let me read this again just to make sure I have this right, must also take parenting classes and can have no contact with children except her own. So it's like a grow-your-own-victims kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Under the Department of Human Service Supervision, Washington County Judge uh, told the 24-year-old mother, you're about as miserable as a parent could possibly be. <laughs> now go home and just spend time with your own children. Uh, Wilson and her husband, 27-year-old Adam Brown, were arrested in October. Target employees say a couple loaded their car with items and that a 14-year-old girl and a 9-year-old boy pushed the stuff out of the store without paying. Oh, I see. So this is like a this is like a four-person theft ring. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, based on surveillance photos, they hit Washington County Target and Fred Meyer so many times last year, the employees were on the lookout for them. Uh, the girl told police that Wilson and Brown made her steal almost every day. Well, for now at least, you can't get to Seattle, or from Seattle to California and back on the train. Still problems in the Oregon Cascades, and in California have forced Amtrak to park its coastal Starlight train, uh, which runs between uh, Seattle and Eugene. I guess in Eugene, you're going to be able to take one of uh, Amtrak's Cascade trains, but you can't go to California. Amtrak doesn't expect to be able to run the Coast Starlight until next Friday at the earliest. I'm so. I was just going to ask a bunch of questions about this story, but then I realized I don't really care. So why can't they run the train? Is it broken? No, there's a snow. You know they keep saying that, but I haven't seen I any. No, you haven't seen any. I know. I, I hate. To I keep... wish. I wish I could find some for you. I hate to keep repeating this every day, except that every day the news media. <laughs> I'm not pointing any fingers, mind you. But certain sections of the broadcast media, Tim, yeah. keep saying every day that there either A, is snow, or B, there's going to be snow tonight, though. We mean it. Really? Tonight? Snow. There's never any and snow. And then there's there... going to be another chance of snow from Saturday till Monday. Like, no, but see, that's a lie right there. You're peddling fiction. You are passing off falsehoods as truth, Tim Riley, and I will not have it. You are, you are spreading disinformation. Perhaps somebody has stolen the snow from your neighborhood. <laughs> Someone's stolen the snow from Rick Emerson's heart. Well, I mean, I'm sure that there's snow somewhere in the world. It's just not here or anywhere in Oregon where it's being predicted. That's all I'm... No, it's not any place that matters. <laughs> Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson... It's just in Bethany. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. It's Randy in Fiery, uh, Las Vegas. Randy in Vegas. Hello, sir. How are you? Thank you for calling us. Uh, uh, where how, Where are you? Uh, well, is it firing I'm, where you are? No, it's not. It's, oh. it's, I'm miles away from it. I, I didn't well, know. Good. I was listening to satellite radio this morning. That's my. That's what I get for that. That's no what you get. Seriously, that's what you get for listening to something not local. Had I turned on a live local station, I would have got news right away. Yes. But, uh... But uh, I, I went over Radio Shack, and there, this place is on fire. I'm like, I was, I was on the news. I'm like, wow. Okay. Well, I had a question, which is why are they building big structures out of styrofoam? I mean, styrofoam does burn, doesn't it? Oh, well, of course we know it, it does. It does, but we never have fires in Vegas, Rick. Um, <laughs> you know, the, uh, here in Vegas, we're God-fearing people. There are no fires well, here. Well, you know, that, that 1980 fire taught people a lot of stuff, and I guess that got complacent because people were burned, got burned to death literally at slot machines. What really? When? When is this? I don't know. In 1980, at the, at the uh, old MGM fire. It's interesting now. that you moved to Vegas like a day ago, and now you're uh, you're an in, you're an instant historian on it. So tell me about the 1980 right. fire. Randy. Oh, by the way, this hotel is owned by MGM. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Right. Right. And uh, it was it was partly built with Steve Wynn's money. But um, I, I had lived here before. But in 1980, there was this huge fire. It was a big deal. Of course, I was you know you were like five. So what was know. the uh, where was the fire at? 
at the at the old MGM. Which the, is the, the old MGM, all right. which had no sprinklers. It was November twenty first, nineteen eighty. Really? Like at seven ten in died. the morning. Was O.J. Simpson trapped in one of the uppermost floors? <laughs> well, towering Badly inferno known. reference there. Um, wow, eighty seven deaths in total. I don't remember. I've never even heard of that. Uh, Almost were... five thousand people were in the hotel at the time. Smoke yeah, and fire big, spread throughout the building. Who's Whose idea was it to build a 5,000-person hotel with no sprinklers? That uh, seems ill-advised. It was a, a Kikorian. Kurt Kikorian. Okay. Uh, so it's his fault. All right. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, it was actually the architect, uh, Steve McQueen, right? Okay. Uh, Paul Newman. All right. Uh, where was I? No, I have uh, no idea. I don't even know where we are no, now. They, they, built, they built styrofoam shelves because it's basically it's a facade to make it look, you know, Different on the outside. Inside, it's just a it's just a square building. But it's okay. So this is so this is sort of like uh, it's like a funny car or something where you have yeah, you know like the a, frame and the engine and then you just put like a fiberglass shell over it to do the customizing. Yeah, it's like the Wild West facade where the building stands up three feet over the actual you know structure. It's like the blazing. It's the end of Blazing Saddles where it's just the it's just the big front of the building and a guy's head on a spring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, that's what it is. And no, I saw. Uh, I knew it was important because they called out our major Las Vegas ambassador of the world, Robin Leach, who you never see. If you never dream they just they wheel him and and uh, Wayne Newton out of a cryogenic freeze there, somewhere to say everything is fine. Continue to spend yeah, money. Exactly. Right. But uh, yeah, uh, I'm not saying I don't think anything bad happened. But Monte Carlo has been talked about for a long time as uh, the next thing to go. Excellent. All right. Yeah, well, let us happen. let us know if anything further develops, my friend. Nothing's, nothing's going to happen. All right. There you go. See, say that now. All right. Thank you. That's Randy in Vegas. So in the MGM fire, the fire was confined to the casino and hotel areas. Most of the deaths occurred in the stairwells where the doors would lock behind each person. Oh, that seems really... These are all things that in the cold light of day, one could probably surmise would be a bad idea. Oh, this is even grisly. I'm not going to read any of this. Go, if you want to read this, it's, uh, it's online. Yeah. yeah, I'm not going to read it on here. All right. It's a bit too much. Is it just a big? Is it, there just a like picture it, of like a skeleton clutching the doorknob? Uh, no, there are descriptions that kind of rival those of Pompeii. Oh. Well, let's I'll not. leave that to your imagination. Wait, hold on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Done. Then we have this uh, teenage passenger from California arrested in Nashville for plotting to hijack a plane. From L.A. to Nashville, the FBI said the 16-year-old boy was removed from Southwest Airlines Flight 284 Tuesday night by authorities at Nashville International Airport and found with suspicious items. Please tell me. Oh, this is the kid who was found with a big ball of yarn? He had handcuffs, rope, duct tape in his bag, and believed to be traveling alone. Uh, his plan had a low possibility of success. So, I mean, so do we now? Well, first of all, how do you get handcuffs onto a plane? That's what I was thinking. Maybe they run his carry-on. Jesus, no, but even then, but, they, but the carry-on is the thing that they search most of all. I mean, your carry-on, uh, and every time, don't you? When somebody says carry-on, don't you think of dead animals? Yes. Uh, but, but your carry-on—that's the thing where, the, like, you have to go to take off your your shoes, and they run it through the machine, and some idiot sits there and looks at it on like the, the, the little the, the X-ray thing, and everything shows up as different colors. Um, I just don't know how you would get a pair of handcuffs onto it. Well, this is like that story that we have every six months where, like, some reporter from the L.A. Times smuggles a big bag of plutonium or something onto a plane. So do we now all see that from now on you won't be able to take duct tape and yarn onto planes? I mean, that's clearly going to be the next thing, right? Because that's what he had with him. So, all right. So apparently he wanted to hijack this plane and crash it into a Hannah Montana concert in Lafayette, Louisiana. But the FBI is dismissing those reports. Of course. 
I don't know where they came from in the first place. Now, they searched the boys' home in California and found a mock cockpit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to be laughing at this. I know we live in a post-9-11 era. I'm not trying to... I can't believe these words are leaving my mouth. I'm not trying to make light of a guy attempting to fly a plane into a Miley Cyrus concert. I am sort of intrigued by the idea that he had a mock cockpit, like, in his bedroom. At what point would your mother not notice that you had built a scale model of a cockpit, like, in your room? Maybe she was encouraging him to take piloting lessons. <laughs> he told her he was building it for art class. Mm -hmm. This is my woodshop project. It was either this or a birdhouse. Okay. And so the FBI is saying he was not planning to fly it into a Hannah Montana concert. Yeah. All right. So we don't know where that information came from. But you know what? I'm just going to continue to repeat it as though it's the truth. I'm just going to continue to say it as though it's an absolute hard proven fact. He was planning to fly the plane into a Hannah Montana concert. This is a fact. Why, you ask? No, I'm not. you be thinking about that? I'm not even things. asking why, Tim. Ours is not to question why, Tim. Ours is simply to report the facts as we discern them. That is a fact. Into the Hannah Montana concert is where he was going to fly it. It's been proven. It's been scientifically vetted. Here's Tim Riley. Speaking of that... Manhattan police are now denying reports that they plan to question Mary-Kate Olsen as to why Heath Ledger's masseuse called her four times after discovering his body. Perhaps because the masseuse is stupid. Uh, New York police detective uh, Joe Caliviato tells a People magazine, Absolutely at no time are we going to interview her. We never had any plans to interview her. At this point, we're just waiting to hear from the medical examiner. The New York Post reported today that police plan to question Olsen in the matter and ask her for her account of the phone calls and why she sent her own team of bodyguards to Ledger's Manhattan apartment. Well, it wasn't his Manhattan apartment, was it? A Ledger's housekeeper is said uh, to have used his uh, phone to call Olsen three times before calling 911 and one time after. Emergency workers arrived at the scene 23 minutes after the housekeeper found him unresponsive in his bedroom. And uh, the detective said there is no crime for calling Mary Kate first. No crime for not calling 911. Is that true? I would think that it would be illegal Maybe to it not... Maybe from state to state. I would think you would have to call that. Look, if you walk out the front door and there's a guy bleeding from the eyes, I thought you had to call the authorities about it. I thought that we, isn't there some good Samaritan law about that? I don't, I don't know. I, I asked Tim, <laughs> operating under the assumption that you're a lawyer. Tim Riley? Or that might be my response. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, I mean, have you ever done that? Have you ever called 911 because of something that was not uh, your, that, what do they say in the old, uh, what do they say in the old movies? This ain't any of my concern. Did you ever... Uh, anytime nothing had, to see here, pal. Anytime I had an incident like that, I either didn't have a cell phone, the cell phone was dead, or didn't have a landline, or all three. I've called uh, 911, uh, I think once maybe, or twice. I didn't, When I was in Utah, uh, I saw a guy who was just, just clearly drunk as, as all get out, as they used to say. Just weaving just like a maniac all over the road. Uh, oh, and I saw a guy getting his—I guess a guy getting his brains beaten out in a parking lot one time. I've seen that before too in California. I, yeah, I was—I uh, don't remember where I was living. Maybe it was California. I have called nine one one. Really? Now that I think so about it, there was a beatdown happening. It, it was um, some bloody guy. I'm—I'm I'm the only desk clerk in a hotel, and all of a sudden I see this this bloody hand coming down the side of the sliding glass door. <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm, not, I'm not laughing. It's just—it's very Dawn of the Dead. It was. And some other guy coming up saying, uh, call 911, which I bandage. did. And then he goes, uh, let us in, let us in. Of course, I didn't know if the guy might have a gun or oh, what. Oh, no. So I just uh, 
I opened uh, another window quickly and threw out a towel. And by that time, the ambulance was there. <laughs> oh, the guy is hemorrhaging and probably has been beaten senseless with a hammer. And you're throwing a, you're throwing a small washcloth out the window. Here you go. Here you go. Well, Dab, don't wipe. The, the authorities can do a much better job than I can, and they had arrived at the scene very not, quickly. Not your concern. Not at 2.30 in the morning. No. Uh, I don't even remember where I was living when I did this, but I was driving down the street. Uh, I was driving down the street. It was me and somebody else were driving along in the car. Might have been my friend Todd. I don't remember. Driving along, and we drove by a parking lot, and it was like a... It was like a Safeway or something, but it was closed. It was like a drugstore or something. It was good, but late at night, it was closed. And there was like, I don't know, like six guys in a parking lot. And a couple of them were standing back observing. And one of them was on the ground. And it was like the full-on, like it was like a Rodney King thing. Some guys watching, some guys beating, one guy being beaten. And I kind of slowed down, like, look at that. Guy having his brains beaten out. And we just, I thought, well, somebody should be told about that. So I called 911. And I, she's like, 911, state your emergency. And have you ever called 911 by mistake? Probably, and probably oh. hung up right away. Oh, man. I've got it. Let me just tell you about that here in a second. Oh, and I never told you my Doug Limerick story. Hold on. Oh, Doug hear that too. Limerick. Hi, Sarah. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Are you? No, I'm, I'm looking at all the celebrity gossip. No, I'm still bummed out about the Heath Ledger thing. Yeah. Honestly, that's still, like, in my head. That's what I was just thinking That's why about. we're not going to talk about it. You've exactly. got a great haircut today, though. Not a haircut, a hairstyle. Hairstyle. You, your hair, because you were kind of nervous about it. Your hair does look fantastic, I have to Thank say that. Thank you. Okay, so so I called 911, though, and uh, the woman answered, and I want to say your emergency. I say, hey, I'm on whatever street, and there's a guy getting beaten senseless in the parking lot. And... um the, the little funny, uh, the little funny addendum to that is, you know, she's on hold and she's. I'm giving her the information about where, and uh, I said to the guy in the car with me, I said, "Man, I hope the cops come and just beat everybody senseless." And the woman, the woman goes, "I heard that, sir. Me too." That was like that was her great tag. Um, I dialed nine one one by mistake one time because um, it was um, it was a preset on a telephone. It was like an old landline where there were. You know, there's the regular buttons, and then there was, like, the big three presets, like fire, like poison control or whatever, and, like, 911. And I was either trying to answer the phone or make a phone call really early in the morning. And I'm like, phones. And I pressed something, and it, somehow it, I was half asleep, and I pressed a button. And I realized that I had pressed the 911 preset by mistake. And so my solution was not to wait on hold and say, oh, I'm sorry, this was a mistake. My solution was just to hang up. Here's a little tip for me to you. Don't make hanging up your solution. Because what happens is, about nine minutes later, the guys from 911 start pounding on your door and screaming to see if you're okay. And apparently in some states, if you do that and hang up, and it's like a mistake, and you don't call them back and let them know it's a mistake, they will bill you like $1,400 for the cost of the 911 guys having to come to your house. Jeez. But I dialed 911. I went, oh, oh, and I hung up. And the guys immediately were at my door, like less than t It was pretty impressive, actually. Well, hey, you know, it kind of made me feel good about, like, if I ever was just sort of, like, if my internal organs were liquefying or something, that they would be there pretty, you know, Johnny on the spot. Um, Doug Limerick, you were talking, we were talking earlier about Paul Harvey and by whom is Paul Harvey going to be replaced when he someday dies. And you speculated it might be Doug Limerick. I think he's the best candidate. Okay. Please to give now background on how you know Doug Limerick or how you're familiar with him. I grew up listening to him on uh, WHDH in Boston. And I thought he was one of the better newsmen of his time. Doug Limerick is fantastic. Doug Limerick, for a long time, did uh, he did national top of the hour news for ABC, 
And so, like, you know, if you listen to some news talk stations, you'll hear that, you know, they'll go to the top of the hour and you'll hear, you know, da 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 NBC News, I'm blah, blah, blah. And Doug Limerick, I don't know what he does now, but Doug Limerick was the ABC top of the hour news guy during daylight hours, uh, at least through the 90s. Because he, we, when I was in Salt Lake, we carried ABC News at the top of the hour, and he was the anchor. So here's the, and Doug Limerick always had, he had this kind of wry sense of humor, where he would just sort of slide things in when you weren't expecting it. The best Doug Limerick line ever. There was an actor named uh, Ed Flanders, not Ned Flanders, but an actor named Ed Flanders. And Ed Flanders was Dr. Westfall on St. Elsewhere. So in about 1996, the actor Ed Flanders committed suicide. You know, he uh, took out a 38 and, uh, you know, shot himself and killed himself. And so Doug Limerick comes on. And keep in mind, this is, this is not like a wacky news service. This is before TMZ. This wasn't some sort of a kooky morning prep news thing. This was like actual top-of-the-hour network news from ABC. So the actor Ed Flanders shoots himself to death. They do the little sounder, like da 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 da, whatever the ABC fanfare is, and uh, and Doug Limerick just comes on and says, "Ed Flanders dead, from a bullet to the head." I'm Doug Limerick, and that was that was his whole lead was doing like, some insane rhyming headline about the suicide of Ed Flanders. So for that and that alone, I will always love Doug Limerick. Uh, well, apparently, he's still on their roster as their uh, weekday anchorman from six to one. They have a picture of him. No, they don't. Really. Uh, he's from the old school. He can't be seen. All right. Uh, let's do this call, and then we'll take a break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How's it going? What's up? Hey, I know someone who uh, would not leave the slots in the uh, in the fire. In in the fire of the, the in, big in one the of Vegas? In the fire of Vegas. Um, and so did they die? No, no. It, it would be Franklin. Franklin wouldn't leave. Is there a joke here? What am I? Is this a reference? It's a reference. What is it's it a, a reference? reference? You know. To what is it a reference? <clears throat> Franklin wouldn't leave because the money is dirty and we need to put it back in the machine. No? Anyone? Help me out here. I feel like a dunce. I need more coffee for one thing, but... No, I'm just getting bored. To what... <clears throat> Franklin wouldn't leave because he has the fever, Rick. <gasps> Twilight Zone. Boom. Twilight Zone, and then the slot machine chases him out uh, and he, uh, to his death. Yeah. All right. Well done. Okay, it took me a second, but give me credit for eventually getting that it was a Twilight Zone reference. I only needed to drop three hints. I knew you did it. <laughs> Franklin! All right, thank yeah. you. Bye. You can tell he was a little disappointed with me there at the end. That's just hard cheese, sir. All right. How's everybody doing today? Fine and dandy. It's Friday. Super duper. Okay. See, this is when you start projecting because you think that there's something wrong with us when really it's a Rick problem. I'm not saying that there's nothing wrong with me. I'm You've asked fine. us three times on the air now if we're okay. <laughs> I'm just wondering if everybody's in the groove today. It's my only question. <laughs> okay. Coming up next, kinky sex and a shocking death. Okay. We'll take a break. So more, <laughs> more from Tim Riley after this and stuff. Uh, later on, Aaron Geek in the City Durant. Oh, and I never did get to this pile of stuff from the top of the hour, cause we, uh, from the beginning of the show, because we got all distracted by um, the Costco guy and fires in Vegas and so forth. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Back after this. Don't go anywhere.
Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Let's see. I wonder if I can read this on the air. He doesn't say I can't. All right. Rick. I saw Untraceable last night. This is that uh, Diane Lane, right? Diane Lane movie that opens today. Uh Uh-huh. Boy, it looks bad. A.K.A. the greatest movie ever. Are you going to see it? Oh, totally. This weekend, you know, I've cleared my docket. This weekend, I'm seeing uh, No Country for Old Men and There Will Be Blood. That's the only thing I have dedicated. And that and the, and the uh, South Carolina primary tomorrow. I'm not, Those are the three set pieces for my weekend. I'm not saying I'm going to do this, but I think I want to spend one of the days, like somebody maybe just legally distinct from me, might just spend a day in, in a movie theater the entire day, just like bouncing in between That's No, I've, I've that's done a, that. That's what I want to do. Perfectly respectable way to spend your day. He says, I saw Untraceable last night. He said, I did. Oh, this is, um, well, I guess we can say he's a Siegfried, uh, who seems to work on everything. Um, he says, I did the lighting for almost all of it except for one house. He says, it looks visually really good, but I'm amazed at what they spent money on and then later cut out. Other than that, the movie was, eh. I know about being cut out. And I feel sorry for him when your work is not seen. He, that's what he said. He says, he does eat a lot of great lighting, apparently, that they then cut. Hey, let's cut that really great thing. He, oh, by the way, he says also they put my name wrong in the credits. <laughs> so they cut out all of his good work and then gave him the wrong name in the credits. Well done. What was surprising and what was shot, um, says, uh, oh, he says there's a big pivotal scene with Gray Eubank. Oh, my God. Gray Eubank was in Remote Control, uh, the movie that Joni and I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays um, uh, the guy. The guy, the guy who I created and whose name I now can't remember. Mike goes back a long time. Wow. Boy, that's just a sad commentary on either the movie itself or, or more than likely my mental state. I wrote it and can't remember his name. Uh, well, anyway. Um, so the guy who's in remote control, he plays the head of the network, is apparently in uh, in this. He says he plays a security guard who reads Morse code out of Colin Hanks' eyes. Oh, are you kidding me? What? He plays a security guard who interprets Morse code being blinked by Colin Hanks after he is kidnapped. Which is, of course, that soldier did that famously whenever. Didn't there was another soldier who did that? Uh, in, in like, some guy who was captured in Vietnam in real life who blinked Morse code when he was being interviewed? Maybe. <laughs> we, are, we are really full of fire and brimstone today. We're really answering all the questions. I know I'm conflating that with Wag the dog, where he has the Morse code ripped into his sweater. Mm-hmm. But I do believe there was a famous case of a U.S. soldier who was kidnapped, maybe in Korea. And he was being interviewed on camera about, like, yes, I love it here. <laughs> I am being treated very well. Three hots and a cot. But he was secretly blinking out, like, you're cutting off my toes when you're not looking. Uh, like he was, he really? Did, he did. I think that actually happened. He did blink a Morse code thing to the camera of, like, we are all being tortured. Please come help us. Um but, I mean, so that's one thing, like, for a soldier to do it. Apparently, Colin Hanks does it in this film. Um, anyway, uh, the plot is pretty thin, but it doesn't make Portland look bad. It's a billion times better than The Hunted. I'm just amazed how many days and nights I lit that bridge and did crane work, and it's all been cut out. <laughs> I'm sorry, Siegfried. I don't mean to laugh at you. I really don't. He laughs at me all the time. Don't feel bad. Was that, um, was, the, uh, 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 was that where they were doing the movie Screw? Is this the, mo- the, the, oh, the, the film for which they were doing the movie screw? Uh-huh. Oh, all right. Here's uh, Tim Riley. So I guess that was Siegfried's movie screw. Yes. No. <laughs> yes. That's okay. I. Uh, that's okay. 
What are you going to do? We all get our turn of being shafted, I suppose. So it was a three-alarm fire that broke up this morning. The Monte Carlo Hotel sending plumes of black smoke above the strip. It uh, was first reported around 11 a.m. It spread through the center section of the hotel across the roof. Flaming embers fell to the streets below. The building was evacuated. No reports of injury. Now, this doesn't affect any of the rooms. This is was a facade made out of styrofoam. So maybe they can do this every day. It attracted a, <laughs> like a volcano. <laughs> Come by at 20 after the hour when the Monte Carlo will be set ablaze. And large chunks of flaming debris will plummet to street level. Doesn't that sound great? Next show at five. I would totally pay for it. They ought to do a towering inferno casino. Yes. Where, like, what, like once a day, the entire casino catches fire for about 20 minutes. Oh, that's a wonderful idea. And you know what? We're laughing at this now, and we're thinking, oh, that's Someone's crazy. Do it. Someone will do it. Well, they, I mean, they already have a volcano out front. They already have ships that fire cannons at each mm -hmm. other in sync. How great would it be to have an entire casino that catches on fire? <gasps> and have people with asbestos suits set in flames and thrown off the roof? Exactly. <laughs> you are a very bad man. I would totally pay for that. I mean, look, I stood in line. Uh, not in line, but whatever. I stood in front of the Bellagio like an idiot mm -hmm. to watch water shoot into the air in time to Lee Greenwood's God Bless the USA. All right? I am no one to point fingers. So, fantastic. I think it would be a great show. I would absolutely, I would totally do. Because here's the thing about that Mirage volcano. It's really not that impressive. Like, you kind of go to see it, and you think it's good, because they say it's a volcano. And when you say volcano, you think smoke and lava yeah. and, you know, whatever. It, it, it really is like a... Uh, science fair project. Exactly. It a really is like a guy with a propane torch who kind of just turns it on. And then off, and then on, and then off for about 90 seconds, and, and then you, everybody kind of goes away. So this, I would pay to see. So the Monte Carlo is a 32-story ca uh, casino hotel modeled after the Place du Casino in Monte Carlo, Monaco. It was a joint venture between Steve Wynn's Mirage Resorts and Circus Circus Incorporated. Steve Wynn owns everything. Uh, we have clarification from Carl Click coming closely to Cucamonga. Hi, Carl Click from K2. Hello, sir. Rick, how are you guys? I'm fine. How are you, how, Carl Click? And Tim and Sarah, it's the best show ever always. Thank, Thank you. you. Oh, Carl. Hey, uh, you were talking about the Morse code, the guy in uh, the Prisoner of War. Yeah. That was actually the USS Pueblo. It was a Navy ship that was taken into custody off the uh, coast of uh, North Korea in the 60s. And the commander of that ship, they put him on TV um, after, I think it was about a week or so, in custody. And he did blink Morse code. The uh, word torture. See? Lloyd Booker. Is that his name? I think his name is Lloyd Booker. So I have, that could be it. But, uh, yeah, and they were eventually released a little bit after that. But he was uh, uh, he was praised for being able to uh, have that kind of uh, calmness to say, I'm okay in the... Uh, and then he's blinking interview. out the word torture in Morse code, which is great and creepy. I mean, it's just... And that's where they got that whole thing and wag the dog from, I guess. So Absolutely. Absolutely. God bless you. See, together, that's one of those things where we each knew a little. Together, we knew it all. Well, I want to ask Carl if the rumor's true that uh, K2 News is going to be starting at 4 pretty soon. Ah, uh, let's see. I um, I guess the answer wait, is yes. Hold on, he's <laughs> blinking. He's blinking yes. I can hear it. <laughs> can, I, can I blink? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that may be public knowledge as well. But, uh, it, yeah, I can confirm it's a rumor. Sure I can. All right. Are you going to be anchoring it? Uh, no, I'm a morning guy. You know that. Okay. That was just a non-denial denial right there. Probably. Well, look probably. at you, Woodward and Bernstein. Tim totally just hosed you. 
<laughs> Tim just asked you if you were going to be anchoring it, and you said, no, I'm a morning guy, thus inadvertently confirming its existence. And when yes. will it actually be snowing, Carl? Pardon me? You, you, guys, you guys keep promising it's going to snow, and it hasn't oh, snowed yet. Sunday. Okay. <laughs> Probably How do you lie? I lie high. all the time. I can't call quick <laughs> I, I think we're going to get uh, some kind of snow or possibly, Ron is telling us uh, snow or possibly some kind of ice briefly on Saturday. Higher elevations uh, will get a lot more than lower elevations. In fact, I don't really think she, that she's committing to the fact that. Uh, is this we'll what get, we've this come down to? Is this, yeah, like, first of all, hey, I, I trust her. Tim's just tired of hearing me bellyache about this every day. He wants it to snow, so I'll shut up. Um, the, well, you don't live at 500 feet because those people, they're getting it all the time or higher. So let me just say, first of all, you put it on Rhonda. Secondly, what it, this is what it's come down to, some kind of snow brief or uh, ice briefly Sunday morning. Uh, no, no, that was Saturday. Saturday. But, we, but I, I'm pretty sure I trust Rhonda. She says we're going to get snow on Sunday uh, 500 feet and above for sure. Let me ask you this. Will it ever snow in southeast Portland? Yes or no? Will it ever? I mean, like uh, this year. Oh, this year? Uh, I'm going to say if you're below. Uh, let me just go uh, on the line. I'm going to say no. Okay. Oh. The, the only, uh, why do you have to squash our dreams? The only white, st <laughs> the only white stuff uh, from southeast comes in a little plastic bag. <laughs> oh, stop it right now. Right there from the Portland Tourism Board, Tim Riley. Win. All right, wonderful. All right, Carl Click, God bless your big plans for your weekend. You um, and all the little clicks? Uh, the little clicks are all at college, so I'll try to just find some money where I can. Okay, excellent, my friend. Enjoy your weekend as always. Thank you for calling, sir. Best show ever. Thank you from K2, Carl Click. Where the news is going to be starting at 4. That was great. You really, um, you really woodworded him right there. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, I was impressed. That was really, that was the old stuff, Tim. Well done. You betcha. All right. I never lose my touch. No, it's true. Um, you know, here's the weird thing. Okay, I came into to the show today with, with a pen, you know, because you know I got a big thing for my pen. And you walked off clicking it earlier. Now I have two pens in front of One me. One of those is mine. Th but they're both bad, but they're both my Dave, style of Dave pen. Zim gave me that one. They really? gave me one of those, too. Well, mm -hmm. then how, do, how are they both over here now? You took mine. You're I, a pen kleptomaniac. I don't know. I don't remember doing that. That must have been the other Rick. That must have that must have been Rick number four. As you can see, I'm sitting here penniless looking for it. <laughs> That's I'm, a... I'm turning over every piece of paper here. I'm, that was... for my stolen I'm turning into Brittany. I was over there in a pink wig and a nightshirt stealing your pen during the break. Get out of my studio. Who are you? I think the other pen's mine. Fine, here. How are you? Wait, they're identical. How can you tell? This thing has like this little indentation. Like you play with the pen a lot. I just write with them. Thank you. Okay. I'm not a pen player. I'm a pen writer. So anyway, a Clark County woman is accused of stealing $68,000 from her Little League organization. The prosecutors say Brenda Finnegan was the treasurer of the North Clark Little League in Yakult for three years, giving her direct access to the company's finances. Uh, they believe that Finnegan would put her own name on several of the league's checks and then alter the amount. For instance... Uh, Finnegan charged a $59 check to read $3,000. Really? Why, that's good writing. Because the 5 and the 9 does not look anything like 3000 Let me ask you this. Have you ever, well, I was just going to say, has anybody legally disabled when you were younger? Did you ever try to, to do that? Like, ever try to turn a B into, or like a, like an F into a B I'm or something in a report card? Oh, no. Oh, no, you didn't have to, of course, probably. Our, parents had, student. To, our parents had to pick up our report cards. Really? Yeah. Uh, I don't like gift certificates. Really? As an adult? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm still a child at 
part. No, I, I had too much Catholic guilt to even yeah, think about doing anything say, like that. I, I would. It's not that I would have Catholic guilt. I would just be afraid of being caught. I would totally You'd be, be caught. Of, I would, and that's the thing is, Sarah will never get caught at that. I would be totally the guy that they would nail. I, I would just, just deny, deny, deny. I'm like, well, I, you know, the person must have messed up writing this. I didn't they must have that. forged it and then given it to me for Christmas. Uh, I won't mention his name because I'm sure this is still a crime. I'm sure they could still arrest him for this. I have a friend of mine who, um, pardon me, uh, who uh, he and I uh, worked in radio together at one point, both just dirt poor, uh, just no, no money, no whatever. Um, and, and, you know, we were living in a city where public transportation was not optimal. You, you had to drive. He had no money to get his tags or his tabs or whatever they called, you know, the different states. But, you know, he had to, to renew his, his license, his uh, car license. And I walked into the office late one night at around 11 o'clock. I must have gone in to do production or something. And the, the tags in the city were white on red. And there was, you know, the one that said this month, like September. And then the other one said the year. I walked in, and I swear to you, with red construction paper and whiteout, he was just from scratch creating new tags. Not like even altering the tags he had, like literally creating new ones that said like September '98 or whatever. I mean, and I did, which is you know, that's right? awesome. I mean, not awesome. <laughs> Everybody should do it. I'm I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying that's like stones. There is no way. And I remember t I remember telling him at the time. I said, you know what, you you got a big pair because you know what. If they catch you, they're going to F you. If they catch you, if they pull you over for, like, having a tail light out, and the guy leans in a little too close and notices that you have created your tags out of construction paper and whiteout, they will stick you in a hole and beat you with a hose until your bones have turned to dust. So, I mean, he got away with it, too. He got away with it. He, he drove with those fake-ass tags until he moved to a different state. So, good for him. Um, fraud, fraud, back, fraud. Uh, oh, I want to apologize. I just did a disgusting thing during that last story. Sarah handed me her coffee cup and asked me to warm up her coffee. And so I, I went... I can't because the, there's a huge thing right here. I can't I, get over to it. I went over to the coffee pot and I filled up. It was Sarah's cup is about half full. I poured in... You Very know, optimistic of you, Rick Emerson. I, pour, I poured in more coffee and then out of habit, because I do this with my own cup, I stuck my pinky into the coffee to oh. see if it was hot. <laughs> and she saw me do it, and I didn't even think about it. Were you, were you going to bring that to her attention? Or no, she I didn't saw see it. No, I wouldn't have told her. To me, he's like, and he was giving that look like, did she see me do that? I don't know if she saw me do that. I, and I always do it out of habit if I'm heating it's, up my own I coffee. I'm sorry. It's, it's fine. It no, I appreciate no, you getting me coffee. Yeah. All right. Here's, coffee. Just watching her drink it now. Mmm. Here's Tim Riley. Well, uh, sometimes being given by Lithuania to changing its name to something that's easier to pronounce in English. Killville. Good. Or, or Death, Brit Deathonia. Or Brittany. The name comes <laughs> as part of a plan to boost its image and attract more tourists and investments. It is a small Baltic state that dwells in the shadow of the neighboring Russian bear, Poland, and Germany. Uh, Mary Kate Olson has commented on uh, Heath Ledger's death. She said, quote, Heath was a friend. His death is a tragic loss. Well, it's going to snow this weekend. <laughs> and according to the latest reports, Rhonda Shelby says it will be snowing by uh, Sunday. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Is that for me? That's too? more Lithuanian news. News from your homeland. I wasn't born there. Well, Mickey Mouse roller coasters and cotton candy typify the average uh, theme park. Well, one Lithuanian town whose amenities are exchanged for belt whippings. Uh, beg your pardon. <laughs> Let me, but in one Lithuanian town, those amenities are exchanged for belt whippings and some good old-fashioned KGB interrogation. 
It's called Gulag Terrorism. And Grutus Park offers visitors a journey back to 1984. Gulag Tourism? Terrorism? Gulag Tourism. Okay. Mm -hmm. It reminds citizens what it was like on so under Soviet rule. Organizers believe for those old enough to remember life in the Soviet Union, visiting a park can be therapeutic, filled with all uh, lots of memorabilia and humor. Like, that was fun. <laughs> they, they laughed for some 50 years every day. As they were being, as they were having their, their, uh, their private sanded mm -hmm. with something. Uh, there are still many in Lithuania who are sick of Soviet nostalgia, so we're uh, starting the show to help them recover. As an introduction, <laughs> visitors are quickly transported back 25 years. They are ordered to stop smiling and thinking <laughs> and chase through an elaborate labyrinth of corridors. Any misstep can result in a violent encounter with angry KGB agents. All the activity lasts two hours. And this is a theme park? Yeah, it, it, it lasts two hours, so bring Grandma. It costs more than 35 euros and takes place inside a bunker located in the woods. <laughs> it is scary indeed. But this is the way they treated people, said a young woman who just visited the park. And people don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> so their, their tourism is based on getting... Getting travelers to come down into a bunker where you will be chased through corridors for two hours by KGB agents wielding belts which, which, with which they will strike you. Yes. That's great. Sign me up. Well, Lauren, I do want to go to a... Where is um, Lithuania compared to uh, Russia? It's right next door to it. It is. It is. Uh, I almost accidentally drove it, and no, no, my, my relative. No, no, no. You see a big sign like this way, Lithuania. All, all right? of a sudden, oh. all of a sudden, they all knew English. Is, is <laughs> no, 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 no! Turn, stop. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> so I stopped the Mercedes, and I just turned around and, and I went back. <laughs> Maybe Laura and I will uh, add that to our Russian tour later on this year. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes I can't my, tell your sarcasm. My aunt from was your... going to take me to to see a torture chamber, but we didn't have enough time because we had to go to dinner. <laughs> but next time I tell... <laughs> True story. Now, but you had to, they, they made a list of places they wanted to take me. It was either beatings or beats, and beats won out. That's correct. Oh, God. That's hilarious. I don't think anybody on earth has ever used that phrase before. My aunt was going to take me to see a torture chamber, but we had to go to dinner. You're the only person in human history to ever use that phrase. Wow. I love this show. Here's Tim Riley. All righty. Well, let's talk about other things that are more pleasant to everyone. Uh, the class came out last night of the Republican presidential debate against Democrat Hillary Clinton. Imagine that. Uh, let's see. So she and uh, John McCain are fighting. He said another Clinton White House would raise taxes and wave the white flag of surrender in Iraq. Hillary fired back on NBC's Today Show. With everyone on the Republican side is so stark. You know, basically you can sum up their message as more of the same. But what's great is that those attacks are just so old. All right, then good. Uh, Dennis Kucinich has uh, dropped out of the presidential race, and he uh, made this stirring speech to his supporters uh, yesterday. I'm uh, running for Congress. I'm not running for president. <laughs> done and done. I'm looking at the calls here. We've got Russian theme park, Australian liver transplant, coffee. I sound like Alex Trebek. Coffee or wants to talk about former sponsor. Tim? Sponsor, coffee, jobs, I guess. liver transplant or Russian theme park? Russian theme park. All right. We'll start with Russian theme park. Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. What's up? Yeah. Did, didn't they make a movie about that Russian theme park already called Hostel? Yes. Well, good <laughs> joke, sir. Well done. 
Was that, that it? it? That's it. <laughs> okay. Well, that's like that. That needs to be part of something else. You can't just point that out. That's that really. Yeah, that's just that's like just a cream cheese packet. There was no bagel there. Uh, okay, we've got liver transplant, former sponsor, or coffee. Coffee. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show, sir. Madam, is the case maybe? Uh, uh, Rick, do you, do you think that? Can I ask you this? What is your name? Uh, Freud. Freud is in Sigmund. Well, I, it's spelled differently. It's a it's a different family connotation, but it's, it's... F R O I D. Uh huh. Is that your first name? Uh, it's actually it's um, my last name is hyphenated. I'm not giving out my full last name. <laughs> Realize I didn't ask you to do that. I'm you asking. Must give it now. Is this now. Your, is Freud your first name? No. Are you a guy that now you just go by your last name? Well, I, it's more. It's just it's it's what everybody calls me. Yeah. Is this a thing that... Rick, stop pestering. I'm not pestering. I'm curious. Uh, this is... I, <laughs> well, it's getting curiouser and curiouser. I'm not allowed to ask questions. <laughs> he's, he's very adamant about not wanting to reveal who he is. I didn't ask him to reveal it. I was just curious. What's your date of birth? No. It's like, you ever meet a person who... Shall I, shall I fax over my SSN card? Would you like to see that? Look, there's no need to, uh, to be like Mr. Snarky Pants about it. I'm just saying, have you ever noticed I'm how... not wearing any pants, so I can't be Snarky Pants. You're losing the sympathy of everybody in the room. Rick, do you think that sticking your finger into Sarah's hot cup might be some sort of latent romantic demonstration? See, see what I get? See, I tried to end this call, and then you I'm all insisted... I'm sorry for standing up I'm for him. I'm just saying, you know, Laura's gone. You guys insisted that I talk to him, and then this is what we get in return. This is what we're paid back with, is sticking that... your fingers in the hot cups, I'm just saying. Say it five or six more times, and maybe it'll become hilarious. Wait. No. No, it won't. I love you. That show. <laughs> well done. Thank you, sir. That was funny. Okay. Good Good save. Save that was at the a good end. save. I did not think it would be possible. <laughs> I didn't think. I thought it, that was a Hail Mary right there at the end. I didn't think the call could be made funny. Right there. He found out how to do it. Good for you, sir. And I'm just saying, some people, you've noticed that, that some people just... Uh, People refer to them by their first name, and some people, they get referred to by their last name. Um, and I always wonder how that happens. Here's Tim Riley. Never mind. I'll shut up. <laughs> Here's Tim. Here's Riley. He doesn't work. So, uh, really, <laughs> <laughs> microphone is off. <laughs> well, let's continue with the news. Uh, Romney says he looks forward to competing against Bill and Hillary in the general election. I frankly can't wait because the idea of Bill Clinton back in the White House with nothing to do is something I just can't imagine. I can't imagine the American people can imagine. <laughs> See, because we said Romney can't imagine Bill and Hillary back in the White House. Mm -hmm. We have decided to call him by his last name and them by their first names. Just the sort of thing I notice. An Arizona woman convicted in a DUI-related death of a bicyclist has received a longer-than-expected sentence following a jailhouse phone call in which she laughed about the incident. John says, as far as he's concerned, you did the world a favor because you took out a tree hugger, a bicyclist, a Frenchman, and a gay guy all in one shot. He's proud of you. Laugh it up, funny woman. So how long is she in prison for now? He doesn't say, but she's getting a longer sentence. Excellent. Not so funny now, is it, jackass? Jesus. So that's that. That's that on KCMD Portland. Here's Tim Riley. Well, uh, it looks like Toy Story is getting a three-day makeover. The re-release uh, leads up to the opening of the newest adventure for Woody, Buzz Lightyear, and their toy pals. Toy Story 3 is slated for June 18, 2010 release. 
That's a long time from now. But, I mean, then behold the magic of Pixar, which is, of course, the magic of Apple, uh, that they can make us care about something that's not even going to be out for three and a half years. I mean, that is, that's kind of impressive, actually, or two and a half years, or whatever it is. That's kind of impressive when you think about it. Uh, well, I'm just going to hit this random button. We'll see what happens. Hi, you're on the oh, Rick Emerson the Show. the old sponsor one. Hello, hi. Hi, good afternoon. Hello. Um, I was heading down Nikolai, and I think Sarah should head down Nikolai and uh, check out the new inhabitants of the old Pirate's Tavern. They're holding uh, open auditions today. What is it? I'm sorry, let's back up. You're what and what with the hey now and the huh? Hannah, Hannah, Hannah? No, I'm heading down Nikolai. And let's, the new okay, well, hold on. We're going to take this one sentence at a time. Nikolai, that's a street. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to guess his tone, whether or not he's trying to be nice or if he's like insinuating I should, like it's a... I it's, don't... A good, it's a good insinuation. Okay, you were going down Nikolai, and you saw what? The old location of what? Pirate's Tavern. Pirate's Tavern, which is a very fine vegan restaurant that regrettably is no longer in business. And the new inhabitants. Who are? A strip club. Ah, uh, yes. A gentleman's establishment. A gentleman's club. Uh, and, and you are suggesting what about the strip club, sir? They're, they're having open auditions, and I just wanted to uh, suggest Sarah heads down there. Why? Because she's hot. <laughs> okay, I see. I guess with yeah, that response, you're trying to be mean. <laughs> you know, I guess I guess you're not really trying to be. And there's nowhere I can go with that. I, I guess that I asked a question and I got a bottom line answer. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Hmm. What a strange day. It, 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 yeah. Are you getting that sense too? There's yes, a whole very lot of much so. You know what it is? It's and again, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to. He seemed like a nice guy. Uh. Uh, the other guy, what's his name, Fruit or whatever, before him, it seemed like a nice guy, a little odd, not a bad guy. But you know what today seems like? It's like, uh, I don't know, it's like when you have a beverage, like maybe coffee or Ovaltine or something, and occasionally you get like the heavier stuff that sinks to the bottom, and then you sort of stir it up, and then like you'll get, you know, you get a mouthful you of grounds. more flavorful? You get, yeah, that's better. That's a good example, because they're not, they're not the grounds. Uh, but yeah, they. But yeah, when you you realize that your Nestle Quick has started to separate, and so you stir it up, and then suddenly it's a lot more intense because you've stirred up all the stuff that is normally just hanging on the bottom that you don't get to sample. That's uh, what's happening right now. We're getting a bunch of, a bunch of stirred up uh, chocolate. Nestle yeah. Quick. Yeah, that that analogy doesn't really hold up. Here's no, Tim it Riley. worked. It worked. The National Weather Service in Portland has issued an icy condition report for the Portland metro area and the Greater Vancouver area and the central and northern coastal mountain range. The central and south Willamette Valleys are also getting their own warning. The warning says two feet of snow could fall in the mountains over the weekend. Travel conditions will be hazardous. We have the icy roadways and overpasses in particular. Be careful. Also, uh, for Saturday afternoon through Sunday afternoon, there is a heavy snow and gusty wind warning. Well, see, the wind always says, see, that's the thing, is they deliver on the wind. They uh, do. They, they, they too much wind. No, they, go away. The, the wind always uh, arrives as scheduled. The snow, not so much. That's like when the uh, well, that, Tim will get the snow, and we'll just get the wind and ice. Exactly. That's like when the uh, when you're entering some sort of a like a dirt heel contest, and they say like everybody who enters the contest will either win a trip to Aruba or like a small broken thing that will send you in the mail, or a pair of electric scissors. <laughs> we did that one. <laughs> win any prize you want, or a pair of electric scissors. And, and then what it came down to is. We had a sewing machine, a microwave oven, and electric scissors. And it was always the scissors. And they were the most popular prizes as chosen by the listeners. Because there were so many, they took the top three. And one of them was a pair of electric scissors. I don't understand the appeal of electric scissors. Like, how hard is it to scissor something? Yeah, I mean, that's okay. That's another fair point, Tim. So they, are they like, burp, burp, burp. how do they work? 
you just put on the on button and put whatever you want to cut next to oh, it. Oh, and the blades just open and close? Oh, so it's like if you have a really sharp, um, like, scissors and, and you're, like, doing a piece of paper and mm-hmm. you can slide it along like yes, that? Yes, it's a wonderful prize. You know what is really great is that mm. package shark. Is that what that thing's called? Oh, that's something totally different. I, I know what you're talking about. I know, but I'm saying it reminds me of this. That thing that you use to open that plastic clamshell packaging. Yeah. Laura got me that for Christmas. The package shark, I think is what it's called. Those are unbelievable. You've got to buy those. This is fantastic. I bought something just the other day that came in that horrible sealed up plastic clamshell packaging. Man, that package shark thing cuts right through it. That's a thing you didn't realize you needed until it was on the market. You're like, aha, I totally need that. And it's not like some crap that you buy and then never use. I use that all the time. Mm-hmm. because You slice that... your fingers open on that packaging all the time. Yeah, and you're trying to use regular scissors. I've actually broken you... pairs of regular scissors on that. It's like I when assume... they designed that packaging, it's like they wanted to create packaging that was like the most frustrating thing they could possibly come up with. I want to find the guy that designed that packaging, and we're going to get him on the program and kill him. We're going to bring him on the air, and we're going we're gonna to shoot him in the, the head. Why don't we go the positive route and bring the guy on who invented the... The package shark. There you go. By the way, let's give it up for Richie Bristol. Remember yesterday we were talking about uh, Lisa Lauren, who played Wednesday Adams on the original Adams Family? Now, sadly, we will not be speaking to her because apparently she's not doing interviews right now. But Richie actually yesterday tracked down her people and actually put in a request with her people for an interview yesterday. That's pretty cool. It really is. Turns out she's How not. How big is her schedule? Uh, apparently, it's very full. She's not doing interviews right now. Uh, so it's either full or empty, depending on how one looks at it. Uh, but Richie did take it upon himself to find to find her people and to to put in the request. So well done, Richie Bristol. Um, yeah, boy, these calls. I just don't know. There's a guy from Seattle. Mm-hmm. Somebody about grammar. Something about Russia. Well, we still never got to this Australian liver transplant. So we'll do that in a second. Then we'll do more news. Hi, here on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, I promise not to be creepy. That's okay. The last guy wasn't creepy. He was just very plain spoken. Ah, okay. So if Hillary Clinton is elected president, yes, sir. and then the Clintons appear in public later, could he, they repeat? He will be the first husband. Yes. And after she's, when she's no longer president, could they be referred to as the President's Clinton? I do believe they could, yes. Because she okay. will be known as President Clinton forevermore, even once she's out of office. So it would be... The former, the former presidents Clinton. Yeah, I do that. That, that actually would be how you refer to them. Like the first att- couple. The first couple, like attorneys general. That is how you would refer to them, I think. Huh? And she would be Madam President, and I do believe he would be the first husband. Yes. The first the lady. First. I'd first. I think it is first husband, first gentleman, yeah, first husband. First. I think is how you refer to is how you do that. The first ladies man. <laughs> that, is, that, that is great because it's <laughs> true in like. Three different hey. ways. The first lady. No, no, no. Do, stop now. You, you got to be. Do something now to trademark that for yourself. The I first, was just going to say this. This show copyright Rick Emerson show. No, no, no. I'm not even going to do that. You, sir, need to trademark that. The first ladies' man because it, it it's true in two different. It's a, and it's a double entendre because he's you know a player and so forth. That right. is really good. You ought to be uh, trademarking that or put that get a domain name of that right now because that's going to get used and you need the credit for it. That's a good idea. Go do Thanks, it, man. Go do it today. I got to go right now. Bye. All right. Bye. Do you have an invention? Or do you know someone who has an invention that you'd like to package and submit to industry? I'm Doug Limerick. Here's Tim Riley. I do. Did you ever hear of uh, kitty wigs? No. Wow. Why would you show that to me? I just thought it was bizarre. <laughs> what is it? Please to look at Tim's screen. Kitty this wigs. This is at RileyLive.com. Yes, they are hot pink wigs to put on your cat. And Not know just pink. They come in different colors. Not code for anything. That is literally a wig to put on your cat. Don't call and make dumb 
double entendre puns about putting yeah, a wig on your cat. No. They were different. Why would... Okay. You it's know, America, that's, that's why. Well, it's because it's the home of the crazy cat lady. You know, and I do say with a little bit of pride, there's nothing like that for dog owners. All we have is we have dumb Halloween costumes for dogs. That's about it. That is true, isn't it? There's, there's, nobody markets wigs for dogs because people who own dogs aren't nutty. People who own cats are crazy. That's just a fact. That is, I think, there really ought to be... Don't you think somebody at a college or something ought to do some sort of master's thesis on why people with cats are so nuts? I mean, what is the, 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 the what is the thing between cats? I mean, I know I'm doing that dumb thing here, but what is the what is the deal with cats and like crazy people? It, it really does intrigue me. I wonder why people who seem to have any number of mental problems do own cats and not dogs most of the time. Huh? Maybe it's like a self-sufficiency thing or something. It's time to talk about kinky sex and a shocking death. Like a Tim's just taken the wheel and decided, okay, good, good call. All right, I'm pulling up my chair. Let's talk. This is a factual news story. Okay. This is as part of uh, our news broadcast on yes. this news radio station. Mm -hmm. So, Lacey, if you're keeping track of such things, here's another one. You submit this for a crystal award. Mm -hmm. A kinky sex escapade ended this week with the electrocution death of a Pennsylvania woman and the arrest of her husband for manslaughter. 37-year-old Toby Taylor first claimed that his wife, Kirsten, was shocked by her hair dryer. Then he admitted that the couple was into weird sexual behaviors. What kind of weird sexual behavior? Well, he hooked clips to his wife's nipples and then plugs the cord into electrical strip and shocks her. On Wednesday evening... Sarah just did the involuntary, like, covering of herself. Kirsten removed her clothing, attached the clips, and shocked herself. He then picked up the electrical strip and shocked her several more times. Wait, so she did it herself? And then he joined in. adding that Was he... she, like, showing off to get him turned on? Look, watch me electrocute myself. Well, she couldn't because he put a piece of electrical tape over her mouth during these jolts. After the last shock, Kirsten, 29, fell on her face. Taylor initially thought his wife was joking. Well, the joke's on him. He quickly realized that she was unconscious. So then he dressed her in preparation for the hospital visit, but instead of calling 911, when she stopped breathing, he told investigators that the couple had been engaging in electrical shock sex and other types of extreme bondage for at least two years. So, so, so this is where, because you can, uh, I was going to say I've heard, but I've seen, well, you go to the porn store, you can buy those kits that let you, like, zap people with electricity. Sarah and I saw those at Fantasy that time. Mm -hmm. It's like a thing that, something you jam into your urethra, and then you turn it on. And... Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not trying to horrify you. That is just a, that's a, that's a just, bonus. It's just casual lunchtime <laughs> conversation. No, when we went to Fantasy, there was this thing behind the counter. And it was, and we asked the guy or the woman, whoever it was, was giving us the tour of the fantasy store. We said, like, what's that for? It was a little freaky looking. Yeah. And we said, like, what is this thing? It looks a little, like, how do I put this? There's stuff that looks like it belongs in a sex store, like a phallic object or whatever. Well, like, because it was in a sex store. Yeah, but I mean, but this didn't look like that. Like, this looked like a thing that would be on sale at Shucks Auto Supply. Like, like this did not look like... Oh, like a battery charger? Exactly. In other words, it wasn't like... You know, it wasn't like pink and covered in leopard print or something. It was, it, it literally did look like a little charger for batteries with a bunch of wires coming out of it. And it was in a glass case. And I said, what is that? And the guy said, well, you stick that in your urethra and then someone he turns up electricity and it shocks you. And I said, like, do people want it? He goes, oh, yeah, we can't keep them in stock. So 
it, so you can own those, but this guy just decided to do the homemade, like the Bob Vila route, and just do it himself? Well, he's out in the middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania. Probably Amish country, so they have to fend for themselves. And So there's somebody who has to turn a crank to shock her? Probably. <laughs> he, he clamps a thing under her nipples, and then somebody has to get outside and churn somebody it. Somebody a pair of overalls <laughs> and, a, and a straw hat. There's... <laughs> she, she, has to... <laughs> she, she has So there's like a... He's got a piece of pie in the middle plate right next to him. <laughs> I was just gonna say, there's like one of those, there's like one of those river-driven paddle wheels out back generating the electricity. Like the creek has to be at a high enough level to generate the electricity. Shocker. Well, it worked. There's a bunch of horses like pushing one of those things in a circle to crank up the power. I'm sorry, are we not. She's dead. What can we do? So anyway, we're trying to have respect for the dead. Well, yes, this is, in nipple clamps. <laughs> this is how she would have wanted it, Sarah. Yes. We want to. She lived as she died, or vice versa. We're celebrating or her life. Yes, exactly. I. Uh, she I'm, lived as she died. I'm just saying, the guy. I mean, he didn't call 911. Like the first thing he did was to get her dressed, and then decided he called 911 after that. Yes. So call 911 first. Dress her later. Jesus. All right. Well, there you go. Um, here's what we've got. Let's do this again. More Australian liver transplants, Russian stuff, guy from Seattle about the 10 on DVD, and somebody who wants to talk about Sarah nicely. That no, could that be, doesn't sound good. No, I was gonna, <laughs> that could be the great or terrible. Well, let's just do, uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, what's up, Rick guys? <laughs> what's up? Uh, that I, I, my dad told me about a Australian liver transplant, some girl had a bad one, that she got the transplant done, and it was pretty much killing her. And then Pretty I'll much just, killing her. Is that the medical? Is that what it said on the chart? Yeah. Well, I just got the cliff notes. Well, but she wasn't doing too well. And then all of a sudden, like it changed her blood type, and I, she's perfectly fine. I saw that yesterday. Uh, where in the apocalypse coming? Yeah, in response to the uh, to the uh, transplant, her body spontaneously changed blood type. And this isn't like in the weekly world news. This is like it was this on CNN yesterday. Which and the liver like spread into her bone marrow and made her like. Perfect. Yeah, it's the, it's the first recorded case in human history of someone's body just changing blood type by itself. Mm. It's Doesn't never. That, can't that like kill you? Uh, well, in her case, well, I think it saved her, her life, though. Doesn't. I think she's. Yeah, she was one blood type. They give her a liver transplant, and her body went, hmm, well, this uh, this isn't going to work with our blood type. Let's all change. Bam, <laughs> the body changes its own blood type, which, like, doesn't ever have. That can't happen. And it did with I her. It's, it, yeah, totally. You're exactly right. She has the Crippen virus. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, well, I was just going to ask if he could look into that a little more because I was just kind of interested. We'll get Dr. Sanjay Gupta on it. <laughs> Thank right, you. Later. Hey, by the way, we do uh, we do have the chance to interview Dr. Sanjay Gupta. I don't know about what. It's a, a thing. Oh, I can announce this, by the way, speaking of doctors. Uh, next week we'll have, uh, have a small segment with uh, Dr. Drew. Oh, uh, God, Dr. what is he not doing? He's everywhere, I There's love. There's nothing he can't do. Dr. Drew Pinsky of Celebrity Rehab fame, Love Line, blah, blah, blah. Uh, we'll have a little segment with him uh, sometime next week. So, uh, what Dr. should we ask? I don't know. What do you guys want to ask Dr. Drew? I mean, obviously, you know, blah, 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 Brittany, blah, 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 Heath Ledger, blah, 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 Celebrity Rehab. Well, he's got a new book coming out. I know that. Does he? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't he always? I want to ask him if he enjoyed um, his appearance that he made on Dawson's Creek when they were in college. Was he on Dawson's Creek? I he didn't sure know was. All right. Dr. Drew, and um, one of the characters had a huge crush on him, and he had a big part in it. You know, let me ask you this. Here's a question for all women. Dr. Drew or Adam Carolla? Dr. Drew. Yeah, see, I think a lot of girls pick Dr. Drew. Adam Carolla just looks like a knob. <laughs> like, looks like he could be attractive, but then he has that horrible, like, Gilbert Godfrey voice like, like, and, like, those big eyebrows. Having sex with Greg Brady. 
All right, here's and Tim you know Riley. You never stop talking, ever. And so anyway, I'm having sex with you. Here's Tim Riley. So you're going to get some of your own money back. <laughs> the uh, congressional <laughs> leaders have announced a big deal with the White House. It's called an economic stimulus package. Is that the, is, do I have to hook it to my nipples? Apparently so. <laughs> uh, let's see. Tax uh, filers will get refunds of 600 to $1,200, depending on whether or not they have children. So if you don't have any children, the less you get. So we start making babies now for the next time around. Uh, so uh, uh, an individual with a gross income of $23,000 and no dependents would get a rebate of $600. A couple with a gross uh, income of 184000 and two children would get a $100 rebate. That sounds strange, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> a rebate for kids? Yeah. Do I have to cut off their heads and mail it in? Sorry, it's 100 bucks a kid. You, you need a proof of purchase. Seriously. I need to enclose one of their ears in an envelope. <gasps> I have a rebate at home i got to mail in still. Oh, me too. Damn. That's how they get you, you know. They, you forget about the rebate. Damn, damn, damn. i got to do Damn. i got to do that today or I'm going to get screwed. Well, right. Or they also have a rebate for $300 for each child. So if you have three kids, it's $2,100. Is this like a more, the more you buy, the more you save? Yeah. You can't afford not to have kids with this, really. Exactly. Okay. So uh, the first rebate payments will be going out in May, and most people should have them by July. That's because the IRS is overwhelmed with processing 2007 tax returns. By the way, this guy says about the package shark, Rick, what you're saying is that you're so materialistic you had to buy a special device to open all the other stuff you routinely buy. Who needs a tax rebate? We just need more Rick Emerson, and the economy will rebound. I am a proud consumer, sir. I'm a capitalist like everyone else here. I buy goods and services with my uh, with my paychecks. That's what I do. Uh, here's Tim Riley. Well, that makes sense to me. Do we not have any guests today? Uh, we had... Um, Later, right? We were going to have Roop, but then he's not on the clock. We have Aaron coming in in a short while. Aaron will be reviewing Rambo 4. We still have the Jaeger here. We should get him drunk. Okay. Fine with me. Aaron just sent me, he might already be drunk with the package shark. Aaron said, I also have a package shark in my pants. And then he actually typed. He's such a sweet boy, and he writes the <laughs> crudest things. He then actually typed, zing, exclamation mark. Uh, let's see what these people want. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Ooh, baby, stir me up from the bottom. Don't ever say that again. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, got a thing about old Russia. There's a woman in the Ukraine who is crazy, rides a motorcycle all through uh, Chernobyl. Does she have and a beard? No, no. Okay. She looks uh, to be about Sarah's age. Picture uh, Sarah with dark hair, uh -huh. all black. And she rides through Chernobyl and some of the Eastern Bloc stuff and, oh, the far gulags. And she tours these things and puts them up on a website called Elena... Filatova.com, E-L-E-N-A-F-I-L-A-T-O-V-A.com. It's got movies, and uh, some of it is, is helicopter stuff from when they were flying Wait, over. Let's stop. I don't know what we're talking about here. <laughs> Old Russia. Started, I heard okay, dark hair. Let's, let's stop. You Old Chernobyl. About, hold on. You started by talking about a woman on a motorcycle, Yeah. and now we're talking about what? Old Russia, uh, the, the gulags right. in the east, and Chernobyl. And she rides through the old town. She sounds sexy. Well, with her skin falling off in sheets and so forth. No, you got to check it out. And she yeah. posted movies from when they were working on the, the reactor site. And the there's little flashes in the film sometime because the radiation was setting off the film. Wow. you got to see it. Okay. Okay. I'm out. Bye. Love you, man. All right. I don't even know what he said at the end. He kept saying Chernobyl or whatever it is and... I kept thinking Some of big babushka lady with a flashlight. 
Flashing people while showing movies on television. Do you think the lady with the skin falling off looked like me? I don't know. I really don't know. With dark hair. <laughs> you could be sisters. All uh, right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, guys. Hi. Uh, first off, I think you want to be using a direct current for the nipple clamps. Not alternating. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, that just will kill you. Okay. Okay. So anyway, the uh, reason I called... Uh, since everyone's, uh, you know, beating down the door to get down the copies of The Ten, yes. I figure I could probably give it a better home than uh, the local pawn shop. Wait, are you just calling because you want something free? Oh, I know. I just, uh, I know someone who actually would uh, think that they would be. It would be a laugh out loud comedy. You know, someone who wants to see The Ten, a laugh out loud comedy available now, uh, featuring Jessica Alba and Winona Ryder in a laugh out loud reenactment of The Ten Commandments. Oh, my uh, wife goes to uh, one of the Bible colleges up here, so uh, any number of her friends. Your yeah. wife goes to a Bible college. Uh, are you Seattle. Are you a God-fearing man as well? Uh, yes. Why are you listening to this program? Not that we're glad to have you. Not that we're not glad to have you. I'm just saying, like, how is that? that how does that work? He's waiting for us to go all religion. Oh, are you? Are you, <laughs> are you waiting for the inevitable day when we're turning to a Spanish uh, religious station? Mm. <laughs> I'm just curious. No, I'm not trying to. I'm not. I'm, I'm not trying to be. Don't, don't, don't do that. And I'm not trying to be jerky. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm just saying. It does always intrigue me when uh, we get someone who is because we have a, a person who we will not identify, but a guy who listens to the show who is. I swear to you, who is a Sunday school teacher, and I'm always sort of amused by that. Um, so how, you're where are you at? Uh, technically, I'm in Redmond. So you're in Seattle. So did you used to live here? Yes. Okay. How else did I hear of you? Uh, well, that's a fair point, I guess. All right, so you feel like you could, uh, like your wife would enjoy the ten. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, two Girls things. Out, you know. Two things. A. What celebrity does your wife most closely resemble? I would. Uh, at one time, uh, be more like a. It sounds uh, maybe arrogant. A blonde Julia Roberts. A blonde Julia Roberts. Are we talking Mystic Pizza Julia Roberts, Pretty Woman Julia Roberts, Charlie Wilson's War Julia Roberts? Uh, Mystic Pizza. Really? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Secondly, uh, you must now sing for me as much as you can of the Laverne and Shirley theme song, and the DVD will be yours. Go. Oh, oh, oh. Before my time. <laughs> How old are you? What another, have him sing another song. How old are you? 29, but, Tw you know. <laughs> 29. Sarah, he's 29. Give him a TV theme song um, to sing. Sing the theme song to The Wonder Years. I only watched that in uh, middle school. <laughs> okay, Help us here. Really, we're gonna we're trying to we're trying to build a bridge to you. Meet us halfway. Okay. Right, why don't you pick a Why don't you pick a TV show that you've ever seen and know the song to? I was gonna it. say Friends, but you could also do that. That's you can, a good one. You can either sing Friends or a song of your choosing, sir. But you must sing a TV theme song for us. All right. Okay. Let's see. Well, I'm a drummer, so let's see here. Oh, no, abilities. You're faithless. That's nothing to be scared of. <laughs> Quit stalling. <laughs> don't you want to make uh, don't you want to make Mrs. Matt happy as well? I I do. Not enough apparently. <laughs> You're not showing that you love her very this much. This isn't really, you know, this is there's this little thing called showing not telling. Right now you're telling us you love her. I we mean, need you to show us that you I, love her. Oh no, I I had that Red Brand CD with uh, the Friends theme song on well, it. Well, you know what? Then we'll, then we'll, we'll let you it. sing it right now and the DVD is yours. Oh, I'm blinking on the words. Uh, I'm sorry. Well, no, uh, let's, let's just tell him the words, and no, then he can... I, I, I'll start you I'll never, be there for you. It's, yeah. I'll be there for you. You don't know the song. <laughs> You're bluffing. Okay, we'll give you one final chance here. Sounds like he was singing... Pop goes the weasel. <laughs> Pop goes the weasel. <laughs> that, should be our go, that should be our go-to song. 
All right. So, well, sadly, sir, I'm afraid I, I have to, to help you. I have to say no to this. You've 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 not met your part of the challenge. Oh, I know. Does your wife know that you don't really love her? Oh, she's actually out of no. She's out of town, so uh, are you are you able to cover this up at home? Oh, easily. It's just like oh, hide the podcast. All right. Does she? Is your is your wife a listener as well? When I can force her to. So she. I mean, she enjoys it. So she's eventually going to hear this and know that you completely failed to bring home a token of love for her. Yeah, this is a simple theme song could have. Any number of uh, also that you on. referred to her as looking like Julia Roberts at one time. <laughs> at one time, you should have never said that. <laughs> Maybe you should edit that part of the podcast out before you let her hear it. Hmm. Good call. <laughs> let me ask you this: on a scale of one to ten, how uncomfortable are you right now? Nine. <laughs> <laughs> if you had said ten, I was going to give you the DVD. All right. Thank you for listening. Bye now. All right. That's that guy. That's Matt in Seattle. Thank you, sir. I tried. I really, I really tried. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Well, anyway, uh, police uh, tried to stop the spread of pornographic video and photos of two years high school girls, images that were transmitted by cell phone to dozens of the girls' classmates and then to the wider world. At least 40 Parkland High School students. This is Pennsylvania again. Uh, police have received the images, must show their photos to police by Tuesday to ensure that the images have been re- Erased, or they'll be prosecuted in juvie court for possession of child pornography. Really? Most people got it and kept passing it along just for fun and laughs, said uh, John Gabriel, who's 16 and a junior, who said he received and deleted each and every of one of those images. Of no, that's exactly what a 16-year-old boy is going to do if uh, some hot girl in his class sends him topless photos. He'll delete the them immediately. One of the images is shown engaging in a sexual act with an unidentified boy. The other girl took and then transmitted a photo of her bare... Bosoms. It is not certain whether or not the girl is seen having sex, but she sure is being photographed. Uh, she's a victim. Then again, she's not a victim. Our image... Our, <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> the school is going to get everyone because it is everybody in these pictures. I don't know anyone who didn't get in the pictures, said Samantha. Who's a 16 year old What high school is this? <laughs> she deleted the images, of course, when she got them. What is this? Is this like Russ Meyer High? Then on the uh, the children's uh, website, the Facebook, one student started a group called Parkland, where porn stars are born. <laughs> Excellent. That's well, wonderful. Th- there is uh, one redeeming thing here. None of the pictures are taken <laughs> on school property. Boy, I, I really regret that I'm not a... I mean, of course, I would have... If I were a teenager and going to the school, I would have also deleted the photos had they been sent to me. I am... Well, the same right thing to do. I'm a, well, you know, here's a weird thing, though. And I realize this is a statement that sounds a little strange, because I know technically if these are, if a girl takes a picture of her own breasts mm-hmm. and then is forwarding it around, so they're trying to nail her with child porn charges. Yes. Which is just weird, because especially when you consider this, and again, I'm not trying to be crude, but I do believe the law is such in most places that, so a girl can show you her actual in-person real-life breasts, she just can't show you a photo of them. Well, what, what is the, what, where's the logic in that? Doesn't make any sense at all. So if you're a 17-year-old girl going to high school, and you are, because le- you, you are legally allowed to have relations with a 17-year-old boy, so he can see and, in fact, engage with your actual nude self, he just can't see a picture of you. Just doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, and I really did miss out. I really do think all, every guy who is my age, and I did, we really did just come of age in the wrong time. I 
I wish I was at, you know, if you have to go through high school, better that you go through high school now in this information age. I mean, really, honestly. I, I mean, I can... Day, people use a mimeograph machine and hid their girly magazines <laughs> under the floor of their tree houses. Okay, first of all, I have two things to say. Uh, a, now, see, this is one of those things that I want to say and that it's going to make me sound creepy. I'm going to put this at the bottom of the pile. I'll come back to it. Maybe I'll say it later. Maybe I won't. Who do we care that somebody might think that of you? <laughs> I guess that ship has probably sailed and Seriously, sunk. you say creepy things all the time. No, I... My only talent. Um, I'll come back to it. Who are we trying to impress by not saying this? I suppose that's true. Man, um, you know what? We really are terrible people. Look, that, that's yep. a happily married man from Seattle. I don't deny it. Try to wedge between... Have you told your wife that you don't love her? <laughs> well, of course, here we are immediately laughing about that. The Rick Emerson Show. Wrecking relationships since 19... Anyway. <laughs> That's growing on me. I uh, I was just going to say, your thing about mimeographs, Tim, this reminds me of something. You know, I am, a, 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 I am an observer of American popular culture. And I am fascinated by sort of things... You know, the viral spread of information and so forth. And it's really easy to do now with, with YouTube and with MySpace. And you can put up some dumb video and in a day, 100,000 people have seen it or whatever. Um, but you know what fascinates me even more is the the pre-internet spread of information. Such as, and you know, the big the big thing about like urban legends. How, you know, there's like the urban legend about spider eggs inside bubble gum or whatever. You know, just some, you know or, or pop rocks and soda killing you or whatever. And just urban legends that are spread... From kid to kid to kid to kid, uh, that you know, and, and that was really impressive 20 years ago when there was no internet, there was no message boards. One kid told one other kid something in a schoolyard, and by the next year, every kid in America had heard the urban legend. Here's another grown-up version of that, Tim. You probably remember these. These are big in the 70s. These sort of crude, mimeographed cartoons uh, that would like be passed around from like office to office or working man to working man. Do you know what I'm talking about? And I can't think of any immediately that spring to mind, but my dad had a lot of these hung up, like, in his garage or in his workshop. And it would be some, like, really crude cartoon with a caption, always involving some bosomy woman. Um, and, and it would be something that, like, some, some idiot redneck with rudimentary art skills drew because he thought it was hilarious, um, often with a very, uh, a very crude uh, sexual or racial element to it. And my dad would hang it up at his garage because he was a moronic uh, redneck, and he would laugh at it. And then occasion, and then it's like we would go over to visit one of his friends at some point, and like it would be hanging in that guy's garage too. And you could tell that it had been mimeographed and xeroxed and, and it copied and handed around. And this is before fax machines. And you knew that it was hanging in the garages of redneck idiots everywhere. And I wonder, like, th I wonder about that. So, like, where did all that stuff start? I do wonder, and I am fascinated by that spread of information, especially before the internet. So, just it's strange. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to make this observation about uh, We have to take school, a break in like an hour. Yeah, we really need to take a break. Thank you, Tim Riley. You're welcome. All right. Let me do this. Let me do this one. This one call. Just one more. No, no, no. One more one call, more. and then we'll break. Now, I'll give this up to you and to you and Sarah. Tim's actually left the room. <laughs> Tim's just walked out. Well, never mind. We'll wait. If you're on hold, uh, hang tight. We'll come back. Well, one of these things is about Car 54. Where are you in? That's really Tim's wheelhouse. It's Friday. Back after this is the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. If you're on hold, stay there.
through. All right, 503-733-2970. 503-733. Richie's all um, adamant about whether, learning whether or not he can go on Jerry Springer or not. Uh, we're waiting to I hear from... A terrific idea. I know, I'm worried for him. I hope that he can. Rick Emerson is firmly in the It's a Good Idea camp. Uh, but there's like 900 lawyers uh, at CBS that have to approve Richie going on Springer before he's allowed to. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, somebody asked if we had that uh, Christy and uh, Jimmy McNichol sound, and the answer to that is yes. Oh, I can put this kinky nipple story over here. We're done with that. All right. Done. What was the creepy thing you were going to say? You know, no, it's, it's, do you really want to want to know? No, what was it in reference to? What were you it was, We about? were just talking about that uh, weird story about those high school girls taking photographs of themselves topless and it being, and suddenly, and it, it, it's amazing that, that you don't hear about this more often because everybody has a cell phone now. Uh, I say, sounding like my grandfather, the, the, these girls, you know, one girl takes a picture of herself with no shirt on, forwards it to a friend of hers, and immediately, of course, everybody in the school has the photo. Like, within a day, everybody in the school had the picture of these teenage girls with no shirt on. And it which is just... That, and, the, and that the cops, that their idiot answer is to is to demand that everybody voluntarily come forward and show them their their cell phone so that the cops mm. can make sure it's been deleted, because that's going to work. And then I was just noting also the insanity that, and it doesn't really affect me, it doesn't really matter to me, because I'm, like, I'm old and out of high school for like 20 years now, so what do I care? But the fact that teenagers can actually legally see each other naked, you just can't have a photograph. That like you you know a girl can actually be naked in your presence and I guess that's legal, uh, but you can't have a photograph of it because that's a crime and it's just it's a weird time to be a kid. It is a, it is a really weird effed up time to be a teenager. You know what's strange is so um, I'm friends with one of my um, girlfriends in Bremerton's little sister uh-huh. who's 16, and um, they, she has a picture on her MySpace profile which makes me, feel, makes me feel really uncomfortable every time. It's her. And all of her softball teammates lined up on this dock, and all their backs are to the camera, uh-huh. and they're all completely naked. Really? It's a, it's like literally like ten asses in a row. I didn't think you could do that on MySpace. I thought they, if they saw it's that, they'd like... been up there for, like, I, I've been friends with her on, my, on MySpace for like a year. A and how, and she's, and she's underage? She's underage. She's the, like see, the weird thing is, 16. technically, I do believe that is child pornography. I mean, obviously nobody's going to get their knickers in a twist about it. But, I mean, that is technically... Well, I wasn't going to read this because I thought it might sound a little creepy. But, again, it's just a guy making an observation. Uh, And this is a guy... I won't give his name, I think. But he says, I am a photographer. He says, "Um, I do... um, Let's see. Um, He says, I am a photographer of women. He says he doesn't shoot porn, but he does do some what they would... I guess what we would call erotic photography. He says, I was approached by a girl who wanted me to shoot her. Uh, says, she turned out to be 16. I said, I can't photograph you in the nude, obviously. He said, so we did a, um, uh, he said we did a, uh, a sexy but fully clothed shoot. There was no nudity. He said, the irony, of course, is that when you do a shoot like this, she changed in front of me and I saw her nude but couldn't take her picture. He said when she turned 18, we did the regular photos. He said, how strange is that? So hmm. it is, I mean, and again, it's not like I'm going to sit and dwell on it, but I, it's just, it is really weird, especially this is what I was thinking of. This is the thing I wasn't I wasn't going to say because it makes me sound like one of those guys who still like uh, thinks back on his high school time all the time, and I really don't. But I was thinking about how the cops have got themselves all in an uproar about these 17 year old girls who have a photograph of their boobs that somehow is floating around the school. That you look back now as a 35 year old and you think, well, they're just children. They have to be. Pro-. But then you project yourself back to when you were in high school. 
And I mean, it really, I think everybody at their high school had uh, either girls or boys who were teenagers who clearly, mentally, were not children. I mean, no, they were. It was, it, it was all unprotected sex, lots of body hair, and, and bling bling, even back then. Richie, please exert that. Sometimes I wonder if you say things just so I can play them back later out of context. But I mean, lots of body hair. I mean, I'm not saying the seventies were the decade of body hair. It's no, it's the true. The decade of body hair everywhere. Body hair uh, everywhere. I'm um, so glad it was over because I had none. It was. Uh, <laughs> I was smooth and hairless even then. I mean, I'm not trying to be crude, but I mean, everybody knew a guy or a girl who was very active and very. Uh, let's say, it sexually advanced for that age, and who clearly was not being taken advantage of, wasn't anybody's victim, wasn't being used, just seemed to have a lot of sex with people, and whatever. And I'm not, you know, uh, you know, that's, that's good or it's bad or it's whatever, but it, it, it is weird how as you, as you, the further you get from high school, the more you look back and you're tempted to go, well, they're victims, they're, they're clearly being exploited. These poor little children. Exactly. These little angels who Curious are being manipulated. And you think oh, back and no. you're like, you know what? Uh, so, anyway, doesn't matter. Whatever. I'm like 35. Doesn't affect me. Oh. Uh, let's uh, do this. Let's pay a visit to the Ministry of... I was going to say smoothless something or other. Ministry of Truth. A man without hair. And all the chicks had fair faucet hair. It's true. It's all uh, feathers and uh, blue eyeshadow. Princess Diana look. So anyway, let's uh, talk about this uh, casino fire. Apparently, there are no injuries as a result of that fire today at the Monte Carlo Hotel and Casino. It was a difficult fire to fight because it was entirely on the exterior of the building, says the fire chief. At this time, that's all that we have is that there was it was mainly an exterior fire with miners. There might have been a couple rooms that had some extent, but none that was caused major damage. It was contained swiftly. At this time, there's no reports of injuries to guests or workers, or firefighters at the time. There were reports, and false ones, by major news organizations that you should never trust. There are reports that turned out to be not true that there are people trapped on the roof. Really? We do not have any reports of anybody being trapped. But again, we're going to do a, a thorough uh, look throughout the building, search throughout the building to make sure that we have everyone accounted. All right. Uh, well, let's do a couple of these. Uh, I was, and here's the full disclosure, because otherwise it's going to damn me for not saying it. I was also going to say that as much as I am a guy who doesn't look back on high school or think, if you were talking about your high school reunion earlier, uh -huh. I will ask this, actually. Uh, no one has to reply if they don't want to. But I would bet, if you look back on your high school career, is there uh, a person or maybe more than one person that you still, it's wrong to say somebody you still have a crush on. That's the wrong way to put it. But somebody that you do occasionally still think back on uh, as somebody that you were really into, and it, it's almost—I think it's almost always someone that you never actually dated. But it's—but it's a person that you look back and go, "It's like you become the classmates.com ad." Mm -hmm. Whatever happened to the red-haired girl? Exactly, exactly the Charlie Brown thing. So, anyway, Sarah. Yeah, there's this guy Mike um, who was a like, grade above me when I lived in Bremerton, and yeah, I've wondered about him for years, and finally um, I saw him once on the MySpace. And really. Oh, did it was it bad? Yeah, he just wasn't like he, he used to like sparkly, had this really wonderful charisma. And he just seemed kind of just old and creepy, grubby and broken down. Yeah, I don't, but I yeah I thought about him for years and years, and every time I go to Birmingham, I'd be like, oh, am I gonna bump into Mike? I'm not sure. There is a girl I went to high school with, and of course this will surprise everyone, I'm sure. I was just a colossal uh, pimply loser no. in high school. 
<laughs> F you. <laughs> That's crazy talk. <laughs> Shut up. Um, yeah, I was just a, I was a retard. I was just a full on scra- like as Good for you. No, as nerdy as I am now, I at least have. Tim was the only cool one out of all of them. Tim was, oh, I was not cool. Oh, he had no hair. I don't, I think, I, I don't think I said more than uh, three sentences in my entire. <laughs> yeah, four but years you probably time. looked good though. You probably were very stylish and had your you had the cool like uh, prep school outfit on. I did. I mean, Sarah was probably stylish. You probably looked cool. I was into my ska stage. I thought I looked cool. I'm not gonna. Of course, I would never I, I ask lunch, you. You know, for the first member, for the first semester. Like hard Harry. Yeah, by myself alone, braiding Lenny Bruce, eating blackjack gum. Help me grow as a person. I uh, and obviously I would never do that. You got to show me your high school photos. Uh, but uh, but I mean, would you looking back on your high school photos now? Would you say that you were, uh, you, it's a good, b terrible, or c good for its time? With my fashion sense. When you look back and the way you dressed, the way you presented yourself in high school, because sometimes you go good, bad. Sometimes you go well. Now it looks dumb, but then, like in that time period, I look fine. No, I I still think it's okay. My mom said one of her biggest regrets was letting my sister and I dress ourselves at a young age. We're <laughs> <laughs> not like, giving you really, granimals. I know. Look at this. No, you look. But see, you make it work though. You. Yeah, so it was kind of like that. It was like I was eclectic, but I wore a lot more like browns and stuff, and I had really really long blonde hair. Really. Mm-hmm. I for long blonde hair. I've only seen a couple of photographs of you with blonde hair. One is that one with you. Billy Joe Armstrong. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only photograph I've seen of you where you're blonde. Interesting. I, uh, but I mean, see, here's the thing: is your mom took the training wheels off your fashion sets early, mm-hmm. and so you were able to figure out like what the hell you were doing, as opposed to I, who a you I got really your training wheels off with you six years ago. Essentially, <laughs> that's you. Really, when I met you, that's the day that I learned, started learning how to dress. Oh, you were. I dressed badly. So lost. No, literally, and I. I think you had shoes with buckles on them, didn't you? I. Yes. I, like a pilgrim. Knickers and spats. I was just going to say. You had your little pilgrim shoes and your black uh, tapered jeans that kind of bunched up at the top. And then your black t-shirt, your flowy purple. Drawstring sweatpants. (laughs) My my Kenny Vance uh, Halloween costume. And your John Lennon sunglasses. (laughs) Did you see that picture of Sean Lennon? That's freaky. Tim, have you seen that picture of Sean Lennon? No. There's there's a picture of Sean Lennon on TMZ where he's walking through uh, the East Village with his girlfriend. Side by side with a picture of his dad walking through the village with Yoko, it is freaking unnerving. And the girl that he's walking with is wearing the exact same style hat as Yoko is. I don't think it was uh, intentional either. I think it's just that he's grown up to look a lot like his dad, which he didn't used to. It used to be that Julian did. Uh, Probably still does. But anyway, but I look back at my in high school, and I was so badly dressed. I mean, and again, it's no, it's not just a show. It's not just show material to say that I dress badly until I met Sarah. You really are. The, you you really changed it all for me, Sarah. I mean, because Lara doesn't know how to dress me. She'll be the first to admit that she doesn't really know. Um, I dress badly until I met you. Anything I do now that looks good, it really is because of you. But I look back in high school, and I was just such a freaking retard. Just such a spaz. I mean, it, 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 it was just amazing that I wasn't just beaten up every single day. Just such a Were you goof. under the radar, or were you, like, loud and making snarky no, comments? I, d- I learned to dress and act for invisibility. Mm-hmm. I learned That was my thing, because, you know, there's all the joke about geeks being beaten up, and that didn't really happen to me a whole lot, because, A, I learned just to not be noticed. Like, uh, again, like Christian Slater and Pump Up the Volume, I just learned, I think like you, just to be to avoid people. Uh, I learned to not be seen, uh, to, to not talk to people, and if people... I did also learn early on, I did talk my way out of a lot of fights. Uh, I did have, fights is the wrong way to put it. I talked my way out of being beaten up. Um, I don't think I really was ever flat out beaten up. I don't think, I, I got knocked around a little bit, but I don't think I ever was flat out pummeled. I had friends of mine who would try to lip off, you know, jocks, and I hate to traffic and stereotypes, but they are true. 
uh, jocks who would single out my friends and be like, hey, you know, hey, ass head or whatever. And my friends would try to give it back to them. And, of course, that's the wrong thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like reading the Bill of Rights to a cop. Uh, they would just take you in the bathroom and be always in the bathroom. Jocks would want to do this. Um, jocks would just take you in and just beat the snot out of you. And I learned that I would just sort of learn how to talk my way out of it. I've done that a couple times where guys clearly had it in for me. And I was sort of funny and kind of self-deprecating and, you know, and whatever. And, and I was able to avoid the beatdown. Um, I was threatened, but I was never beat up. Really? Oh, yeah. I was threatened many times. But it's a girl specifically named Lily Beth. Yeah, in your face, Lily Beth. No, who thought that, Lily, I don't know, huh? I was brand new. And then for some reason, I looked at her wrong. And she started, like, like full on. She was, like, this big, like, Latina girl. And she would, like, leave notes in my locker, like, watch your back, bitch. I'm like... Who are you? <laughs> have you ever I'm going to my piano lesson after school. <laughs> have you ever seen Three O'Clock High? Um, the first part of it. I haven't seen the I'm going to buy that movie and give it to you because it'll all come back to you. It's a great <laughs> movie. It's a wonderful, overlooked teen film. Steven Spielberg. But that's one of those films that, like, you know, you, you want everybody to see it and no one ever has. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy it and give it to you. You'll love it. Um... It is all about a nerd who gets told at the beginning of the day that he's going to have to fight the bully. And then the rest of the film is like a real-time countdown until the end of the day. Because the bully's just like, you and I are going to fight today at 3 oh, o'clock. Oh, totally happened And to then me. the whole movie is a countdown to 3 o'clock where he's trying to get out of being beaten up by the bully. Um, what was I going to say? Blah, blah, blah. Start. Beaten up. I don't know. Uh, Tim, that probably, they really probably didn't tolerate violence at your school. No. In, I, I would see uh, somebody, uh, one of the heads... Which we, we had <laughs> and heads had a different meaning than now. It's a hip hopper. Oh no, this is a, someone who would smoke marijuana. Oh. Uh, w- was seen uh, hitting one of the dweebs over the head with his uh, uh, pot pipe, and the brother who ran this wow. grabbed him in the hallway and kicked his butt all the way down the hall and out the front door, and he never came back. Okay, so you had was it like Jesuits or somebody that it was the Brothers of the Sacred Heart of Montreal. Yeah, you don't want to screw with them. They'll, uh, they'll, they'll, yeah, they, they, they run a tight ship. Um, and so he was, so one of the heads was hitting the a principal. dweeb. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, one of the heads was mm-hmm. hitting a dweeb with a pot pipe. And Brother John, who was a principal, was looking in the door, cocked his eyebrow, opened the door, and said, Out with me. Oh, and just, just a beating happened then. Uh, I don't want to hear another word out of you beds. <laughs> <laughs> and so he grabbed the guy, and you could see Brother John, who was a, a huge guy, Kind of like our chief engineer, right. kicking this guy in the butt all the way down the hallway. Literally. We looked out the window. We saw the kid go flying through the stairs after one good last swift kick. Yeah, excellent. That is, see, and I went to a public high school where there was, just, you know, they didn't do anything like that. But when I went to Catholic middle school, we had a teacher who would, and a nun actually, who would full on. I mean, we, it, I always joke about the ro- ruler thing, and that didn't happen very often. But we had a nun who would yank you out of the seat by the hair. And I do remember a guy named Tim who was later uh, convicted of grand theft auto. I do remember him being yanked out of his seat by the hair, taken out into the hallway, and at one point looking out that little window in the classroom door and seeing her whack his head, like, into the brick wall in the hallway because he was giving her a little lip. And she just, like, whacked him in the forehead, and his head went back into the brick wall. So uh, that was a weird time. Anyway, I was just going to – this all started – I was just going to say that there really is this – there is a – there's one girl who I will not name um, who – I just had the just the biggest crush on all through high school, and uh, uh, and it, it, but uh, and this just sounds like such a minor point speaking of this whole thing now. But it is the thing where I was just such a nerd that it's like I would guarantee you she does not even remember 
like, she does not even remember me enough to have, like, been disgusted by me. Like, I was not, as you said, I was under the radar. Like, mm. I'm sure that she does not even remember me enough to go, like, oh, yeah, the nerd. That guy that revolted everyone. Uh, I don't think I even existed. It's like I was the John Bender. I might as well not even exist at this school. Remember? Like, I was that that guy, except not as cool. I really was just the Anthony Michael Hall. Jesus. Um, oh, wait, let's do a couple of these here. Boy, what, it's 2 o'clock, Tim. I know it. I say as though it's Tim's fault. Tim, it's 2 o'clock! Let's do these calls, and then who wants to hear Christy McNichol sing? Oh, I do. I do. All right. It's been too long. Hi, you're on, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick Emerson, what's up? What's up? Not so, there's just so many topics you guys have just covered in the last 10 minutes or 15 minutes. What we do, sir, we're a sawed-off you know, shotgun like, of amusement. Holy cow. Yeah. But, yeah, we all did things back in high school that we regret. And, you know, I, like me and my friend had a locker that was filled with liquor. I mean, in the school. It was a liquor locker. Yes. Hmm. You know, and we'd, we'd buy, they used to sell these little drinks. We'd fill them with alcohol, change the color, and they'd smell. We'd get at school. Now, I was to understand, is it true that if you drink uh, Everclear that it doesn't show up on your breath? You can drink Everclear and there's no n nothing on your breath at all? Yeah, but who's going to drink Everclear straight? Uh, well, I'm, you know, I'm just saying. I, I'm just like for the yeah. enterprising high school drinker. Good Lord. Yeah. All right. Thank you. But yeah. All right. All right. Bye now. Yeah, I didn't know where we were going with that. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. Hey. Uh, no one wants to eat in an empty restaurant, right? Yes, it's true. Oh, I'm sorry. Have you been on hold for a while? I apologize. Yeah, that's okay. What's up? Hey, to, to answer your question, uh, yes, there were numerous in high school, and now that I'm divorced, I'm working my way through all of them. Um, okay. <laughs> sorry. Really? Well, no. I'm, I'm polling. Oh. I'm, I'm back out there. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. I thought you meant like you were hunting them down and then humping no, them. And then no, cutting no, off no. their skin. No, no, no. I'm finding out when their divorce was, since it's now the national hobby. <laughs> okay, that's kind of funny. Well, no, because you look on MySpace and you'll see people you went to school. You know, one kid, happily, yeah. you know, single. That's exactly. always the giveaway. Yeah, exactly. So, so Proud parent, but single. The real purpose of my call, and it, it all ties together. Monday, Sarah was talking about girls not liking her. Yes. Right. It's good, to know, think... that, good to know that that time has passed. What's that? Nothing. It's good to know, <laughs> you know, like that girl, Lily, in high school. Yeah. But... Who didn't like her. <laughs> That that girl and that girl Lily in high school that was really really mean to Sarah and who seemed a little crazy. Yes, yes, all right. Yes. So anyway, it ties together with these guys calling her and telling her to go to the strip club and try out and all that. Yeah. Girls, I would think, don't like her because she fits in, because she is her, and it's also the same reason she doesn't need a, a persona for her uh, reunion. Because, I mean, think about it. Thousands of guys listen to her. She's in wherever she goes. You should go back and pretend to be a big failure, and then at the end, it reveal that none of it's true. Go back, pretend to be, like, yeah. pregnant and, like, yeah. married and unhappy and somebody poor. somebody have a baby belly I could borrow? Either, totally. Either that or we could turn yeah, her could reunion. the entire time with the baby belly. Should, yes. We could, we could turn her reunion into a big listener party. You should totally take an entourage. Take an entourage of, like, 500 listeners. Yeah, uh, headlining with the Pimp Squad. You know what I was thinking? Well, or we could pretend that I'm on a real, like a reality show, and have a camera crew there. I like the way you think. Ridiculous reality show. Oh, program. we're gonna ring this forever. I was hoping maybe we'd get an Emo cam someday. By the way, in the studio. An Emerald cam. An Emo em Emerson cam. Oh, Emo cam, like an Emo cam in the studio. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank uh, you. Yeah. One more thing. Yeah. Uh, I've only been listening like six, seven months, and I just it's changed my whole life. But I was hoping that at some point you could go through how the cast came together. All right, hold on. He's putting it in his notes. How cast? 
This will be like a flashback show where one of us were locked in an elevator together. Do you remember when we first met? Well, I would like to know because it is so unique. I've been all over the continent, and I've never heard anything like what you guys do. Right. Well, we'll do, we'll do that maybe uh, sometime in the next week or so, sir. Yeah, we're trying to fill the fourth hour. <laughs> that never happens. Thank no, you. never. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Bye now. All, all right. the more reason why we should be on all over the continent. What's that, Tim? All the more reason why Tim, your microphone totally <laughs> off. Talking to no one. Oh, I, it was nothing important. <laughs> You usually catch it after the first time. You don't usually say it twice. Because you're wearing headphones and all. I know. <laughs> I love this show. Uh, I have to do these calls. See, people have been waiting forever. Then we'll break on KCMD Portland and come back with Aaron Geek in the City Duran, Christy McNichol, so forth. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, guys. Uh, I, I'm going to make this quick because i got like 16 different things to respond to. But Michael Moriarty was in a movie called Hanoi Hilton, yeah. I believe. And there was a scene where they depicted that, that thing you were talking about earlier, where he was talking about how wonderful the North Vietnamese were to their captors while he was blinking SOS. Yeah, it's creepy. It's a true story and totally creepy. Yeah. Okay, that's one. Two, I started in sales about 20 years ago, and every time you would go into somebody's office where they didn't really want to talk to you about what you were selling so that they could avoid having to say no, totally. they would... They would bring a file folder out of their desk, and every one of them had one, and it either said funny or jokes, and it had all of those things you were talking about. Yep. They were all mimeographed, and they had been passed around. The one I remember, there was one, and I'll, I'll clean it up, but it had two large round objects in a, some sort of sack that was in a bear trap, and the two hunters were saying there must be one mean bear out there somewhere. Yes. Oh, yes. that was miserable. Yeah. And also, I will tell you that... In my lifetime, I have I have put to memory two things that have won numerous contests or drinks or bets, and you have to have them. You have to have a a the theme from a television show. You have to have it committed to memory, and you have to have some sort of a cartoon or a uh, uh, commercial. I've jingle. completely lost the thread of this call. What I have to have a TV show theme? Why for what? So that you can win things. So seriously, you'd be surprised how many times you're sitting down or listening oh, I, okay. to a radio program All right. where they say, give me a, a theme to a television show. Okay. You are, I won like three T-shirts on Car 54, Where Are You? You are referring back to the guy earlier who could have won a DVD if he'd been able to sing a TV theme song. You're saying you always need to be prepared with a theme have song. To be. Have right. to be with that one and the Big Fig Newton song. That wins drinks for me all the time. Please sing a little bit of Car 54, Where Are You? There's a holdup in the Bronx, Brooklyn's broken out in fights. There's a traffic jam in Harlem that's backed up to Jackson Heights. There's a scout troop short a child, crew strips do an idle wild. Car 54, where are you? Well done. You've won Thank a copy you. of uh, you won a copy of the 10 on DVD starring Jessica Alba. Hey, fantastic. All right, hold on a second. Uh, we'll put you on hold. Richie, get that guy's information, please. Uh, Aaron Geek in the city, Duran. Hello. Hi. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back to we'll talk to you about Rambo 4. I prefer you just call it Rambo. I'm sorry. Rambo. That's right. Okay. He's uh, really passionate about this Rambo thing. I think you're going to get an earful. Really? Are you... Uh, it's pretty damn cool, it actually. You? Really? Yeah. That doesn't seem like it can possibly be it true. Is, though. I read the Wikipedia entry about it last night. It just made me Look sad. what it's up against. Untraceable and meet the Spartans. I mean... Yeah. Fair enough. Back after this, it's the Rick Emerson Show. Well, that was exciting. I had this song all queued up, and now it's not going to play. Song rocks. That's Way to go. This song is awesome. You know what? I had a song queued up. You know what doesn't ever do that? I can that iTunes. Well, you shut up about iTunes. iTunes loves me. What is it you were going to play, Sarah? Um, let me see. Let me close this. 
stupid everything. <laughs> oh, come on. You don't know what this is? I don't. How can you not know this? Is this from Fiddler on the Roof? You're an idiot, Starstream. I know you hate them so much, you should know them. Your wife loves them. Oh, is this, loves is this them. they might Sarah be giants? Yes, it is. Funny how I didn't know it until you said I hated them. Yeah. Is that the Tiny Toons video you're playing? It sure is. I've got that on DVD if you want to borrow it. It's Jen's, but I'll get permission. Okay. Constantinople. She has the They Might Be Giants video collection. Istanbul. Hey, you know what? Mine works. Wait, let's do the hook. Oh, God. Why they changed it, I can't say. People just like it better that way. I'm a drama nerd. You think I wouldn't know this song? What's up, Rex? What are you looking at? Uh, I'm looking at the screen. Christy McNichols' agent is trying to talk her into doing an interview for us since we're such big fans. Wow. Uh, yeah. Let me now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show. Hold me. Like he did by the lake on the boo. Hi, Aaron. This Dan Bull was coming to the like Let's pretend that he hasn't been here. I know. I'm I know. the official opening. As opposed like, to the other guy that was singing They Might Be Giants. It was like the pre show. <laughs> that now. guy just oh, okay. left. Now we're yeah. doing the real show. All right. Uh, let's do a couple of these and then we'll talk about Christy McNichol. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. How's it going? Hello. Sarah, Tim, Aaron, anybody who's around. Hello. Hello. Hey, so I got some. Uh, this is Jackie from Red Hot Pistol, by the way. Of course it is. <laughs> okay. Backslash store. Shamelessly yeah. whoring. Uh, I got advice for Sarah, uh, or a little caution for the uh, going to the 10-year re- reunion. I went last summer to mine, and you get kind of lied to by watching movies like Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. It's never that cool. Like, they never spend that much money. Oh, no. That's well, it's what... like how, have you noticed, if I can interrupt, have you noticed how in every high school movie, the prom is, like, so bigger, than, much cooler than, like, anything you ever had? I have never once been to a high school function that looked anything like high school dances in no, films. No, actually, my prom was really, really cool because it was in an old theater in uh, downtown Bremerton. Really? That mm-hmm. sounds cool. And it had cool. fish painted on the walls. Why did you get for the Paradise Under the Sea theme? Yeah, totally. Why did you get that? Then? We were like at a, like a red lion in like the no, banquet no, our room. Our homecoming was like on the military base in like their banquet room. Okay, but that's pretty cool in a weird kind of spinal no, tap sort of way. Like, it smells yeah, like a buffet. No, no matter how cool that is, it's like one one-hundredth you know, of that is the, the reunion. Ours was like in the um, California room of the Ramada Inn, and there was like some streamers. Sexy. And a couple, like, fake tablecloths and a really bad DJ. None of the teachers were there. You know, only the people you would expect to go to a high school reunion were of there. Of course. It was well, pretty I, lame. Let, let me ask you this, guy. because none of us here ever went. Let me ask you this. Is it is it that, uh, like, the people who go to the high school reunion, in your experience, are they the same people that went to, like, pep rally stuff in high school? It was the exact same people. All the exact same girls, except they were 40 pounds heavier and had more kids. Well, that's good to see, though. Was it gratifying in a way to see see those girls and guys kind of gone to seed? Yeah, you know, it was was kind of fun in in that respect. And uh, I went to high school in California, so it was good to go back and see some friends that I don't get to see very often. Right. And, uh, you know, we were just as grumpy and making fun of all those people as we were 10 years ago. Let me ask you this. Any of the girls you found hot in high school, did you find them hot at the reunion, even if they changed appearance simply because in your head, like, they were still that girl from back when? No, you know, it was it was completely uh, cliche. Like they say, the, the ugly girls in high school are the good-looking ones. Uh-huh. I remember seeing a few girls going, who the heck is that? She's so hot. I don't remember her from high school. And then... It was the nerdy girl that I never noticed. She took off her glasses and shook out that ponytail? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I, I got another thing, too. I, um, I've been working on a, 
um, I've got kind of like a parody promo for one of the commercials that plays. It's not a local spot. It's like uh, it's one of the. I don't know, you named that. a star after me. One, yeah, one like that. Yeah. Should I, I'm going to do it and give it to you. You use it if you want. But should I change the name slightly so I'm not exactly saying the name of the company? Yes. yes. Would that be better? Yes. Okay, it's, it's hilarious. I've got it all written out. I'm just getting ready to record it. And yes, do that. You're going to crack up. It's yes, pretty, that. Pretty great. Okay. Yes, do all that, right. sir. All cool. right. Thank you. All right. Take care, guys. One more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Hey, um, so can you hold on for just a second? Bad time. <laughs> can you hold on while my face is being ground in the grinder? Sure. <laughs> Okay, sorry, I'm working. Um, I have a couple of suggestions about commercials. Okay, wait, hold on. When you say you have suggestions about commercials, are they paid advertisers? What is this? Gonna... No, 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 no. Yeah, not like, what long... do you mean? Well, let me tell you. Um, first, I think that would be sorry. great. What's up? Nothing. Go ahead. I'll just turn off the mic. You. Just... Sorry. Um, I think it would be great if uh, you guys had on your website a list of all the current sponsors. Yes. Um, possibly with like links and you know the sound. Oh, sort of like a like a yellow pages, but but for just the people who advertise on the station or the show. Exactly, because a while ago I heard something for like a some sort of detailing place, um, but I didn't have a chance to write it down, so I don't know what they were. So hold on, I would like to now bring this attention uh, attention advertisers, prospective advertisers, general sales manager, and general manager of the station that we now have a listener who actually is. Actually, requesting. Re requesting that he be given a list of the people who advertise on this program so that he may give his dollars to them and support uh, this broadcast. Exactly. Excellent. You're a good person, sir. I'm sorry for making fun of you a moment ago. Thank you. All right. Um, I, sadly, I don't know the name of the detailing place, but I'll tell you what. Uh, let's see here. Um, is this? Are you looking to get this done? Yes. When is it? When did you hear the spot? Um, I think it was before Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, and detailing was in the auto detailing place. Was it? Now we'll never know. And neither will I he. I think that was someone just ended his call there somehow. Your car will be forever ugly. <laughs> Do nothing now. All right. Uh, well, we should wait for Tim to get back to play this uh, Christy McNichol stuff. But apparently, uh, Richie's trying to get her agent to book her on the show because she's because uh, she's beloved here. And stuff. Hi, Aaron. Hey, how's it going, hey, man? Hey, what's up? Hey, what is it? Before we do go on to the headphones, feel weird. <sighs> Before we go to the, uh, that's because Timmy Ryan was using those. No, no, no. These are these are mine. Uh, I brought them trying to screw with you there. No, nice. Uh, before we go on to the Rambo Four thing, so what's up with uh, rename42nd.org? Uh, I just got in the application, but <laughs> this is how long it's been since they've legally changed the name. Mm -hmm. No one can find the petition for it. Really? Me. Because they decided just to ram things through in violation yeah. of the law. Yeah. So uh, I'm hopefully going to know more Monday, and I'm going to start getting petitions out. So. Okay. Let me know where to donate or where to sign. Oh yeah. Um, because once once it officially starts in terms of the city, we'll have 180 days to get it all done. All right. Otherwise, it's that's it. All right. So uh, Monday, I will send out you know emails and do a full report. So. Excellent. But yeah, it's still moving. But I know it seems like the site gets updated like every three weeks. But we are dealing with the bureaucracy. Uh, let me just read a couple of things here. Uh, are we in the mood to interview Ed Begley Jr.? The answer <gasps> is yes. Sarah, you know Ed Begley Jr. Who's that? He's the guy on Arrested Development that has alopecia. Yeah. They're big rival no, with alpaca oh. hair. No, no, no. It's al he has alopecia. But he wears but alpaca. alpaca. He wears alpaca. He was also on Clean Elsewhere. He was also in the West Wing. He has some he's, show on... He stands sit well on that, right? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, he has a uh, good. I couldn't remember his name. Um, he has a show on HGTV, and I, he's you know he's a he's a big environmentalist. He has a whole thing about being green and electric cars and stuff, and that he wants to pimp his thing on HGTV. Um, but he's happy to ha- he's happy to talk about uh, whatever. So we're totally going to get him on to ask him about Arrested Development and for me to ask him about the stand elsewhere because he's probably most famous to my generation for playing um, uh, what's his guts on Saint Elsewhere. Can playing, I ask, um, can I have a question for you to ask him? Playing uh, Doctor uh, Doctor Ehrlich. Hmm? About his uh, his great uh, scene in Amazon Women on the Moon, hey, where he plays you. he plays the Invisible Man, but you know he's naked because right. I'm invisible right. and he walks around town butt naked. Totally. Oh, we're totally gonna get him. That on. was fantastic. Yeah, Ed Bagley Jr. So there you go. Uh, here's an email, Rick, about pizza rolls. After listening to your show today, I had a strange craving for pizza rolls. I made oh, a big yum. batch. See, don't they sound good? They sound awesome. They're so bad for you, but they're good. I just kept eating, eating. I'm huge. I made a big batch when my son got home from school. Now we both have the roof of our mouths burned to a blistery crisp. <laughs> they're evil and wrong, but delicious and easy to cook. You're right there. And the thing is, you... I'll drop my email. You, um, you go to the store, and by you, I mean I. You go to the store... And you buy a box of those pizza rolls. You don't even have to take them out of the box. You just rip open the top to let the air escape, throw them in the microwave, three minutes, done. And then you eat them, and then it, then it hurts. Uh, but, it's so, but it's worth it, man. It is so worth it. It's the pain that brings pleasure. All right. Other foods that injure your mouth. Captain Crunch, anything else? Um, you know, a lot of um, like deli sandwiches when I get them toasted. Really? Because the bread is yeah, crusty. Yeah, because the bread is crusty and like it really scrapes the roof of your mouth. And there is actually that bread that is called crostini, I think, which is I think yeah, yeah, yeah. the crustiness of the bread. There's that, and there's um, not uh, not panini. There's some other kind of bread though that it's like, it really it's like it's like eating a saw. It's uh, like wait. it's dense but scratchy. Exactly. Oh, and then there's a really sharp cheddar. Because it stings. It stings, and I love it. I like it when it bites back. You cut your mouth on really sharp No, it's cheddar. not a cutting. It's the, wow. the, the bite of it. Mm-hmm. You shut up. Well, Look, something... not every cheese comes out of a tube. By the way, the Costco guy was here today with uh, you know all of his muffins, Yeah. which I kept eating and eating. Are there any chocolate ones left? No, Sarah ate the last one. Oh, wait. No, there's... I ate I've part eaten... of it, and then I dropped it on the ground, I've accidentally, eaten... and then Dave's then threw it away. I've eaten part of this one. Do you want the rest? I don't want your no. Okay. Did you eat the muffin Just top? Your top of the muffin to you. Now there's a uh, there's a little thing here. You know, uh, no, you can call Patrick. It's a Seinfeld episode. No. But I'm moving on to this. He does, he doesn't get Seinfeld references. That's why he doesn't understand how hilarious it is. That's why I know the muffin top thing because that's Elaine's idea, right? Because the muffin top is the only part. But her boss steals it. Dumps to the homeless and then Kramer. Kramer tries to do it. And yeah. The homeless lady gets mad at him. I'm getting look. I am slowly getting more Seinfeld fluency. It's just not. It's not. I'm not. It's not in my wheelhouse yet. I'm working on it though. I know my weaknesses, and I'm working on them. I wish you said you're an anti-Semite. <laughs> <laughs> wow, really? <laughs> kind of awkward. Oh. Okay, this is more awkward. I'm not even going to read it now. I was just <laughs> okay. Big Jim for the Marconi show, and I were in the kitchen, and we were this guy from Costco. Uh, the, he comes here every 90 days, and he brings his muffins. And it's like a Reader's Digest, I said, used to send you a nickel in the mail. And then you would feel guilty and be like, they sent me a nickel. I guess I better subscribe to their magazine. And it worked <laughs> amazingly well. They don't do it anymore, but it worked amazingly well. So they left behind all of these um, sign-up forms for Costco. I don't even want to do it now. It makes me look like so much less than I am as a person and as an entertainer. I'll do it. I was going to say... I was just going to say that Jim and I were both in the kitchen, and Jim's, you know, a funny man, a sophisticated sense of humor in some ways. He and I just picked up this Costco thing where, and this is the, the actual form from the store, make your Costco membership even more rewarding. 3% cash back for eating out. 
And then he and I both he and I both snickered and like when <laughs> and then he actually said, I can't get on the air fast enough today. Bleeping that. That's Why? just too much. Because that's the oh, come on. I'm reading this right off the page. That's and I'm yeah. referencing the last hour. I am yeah. reading that right off the page. The FCC might reference it differently. <laughs> I was going to say. I'm, why do you have to take something beautiful and make it vile? <laughs> That's what I do. Yeah, fair enough. Hi, Tim. Do you have news? Oh, yes. Hey, do you want to hear uh, Christy McNichol singing? Right now. All right. <laughs> <laughs> More than anything. All right. I have several Christy McNichol cuts oh, here. Oh, boy. Um, I know that this well, is not... Well, Chris wants to hear them, too. Here's the thing, Sarah. I know that this is to you as Seinfeld is to, is to me. You're not... Uh, as, I don't know who Christy McNichol is. You're not as down with Christy McNichol. What Mc... a great comparison there. Uh, so let's see here. Um, you would be surprised the number of Christy McNichol emails I got, both from the audience and then like from inside. I think everybody in CBS Portland listens to us. Well, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard. I mean, I don't mean to be all about the glory of us. Well, everybody in radio does. I was going to say, so does most of Intercom Portland and Clear Channel Portland. I'm just saying, I don't mean to sound like, hey, we're the coolest thing ever, but I got off the, I checked my CBS mail after the show, and I had like a hundred emails from people. Let me tell you about Christy McNichol. That's um, you, get, you get phone calls from the main news guy from a completely different network's television show. That is true. So, I mean, uh, Chris Paddock, who is the, uh, the program director for KUFO, came rushing in yesterday because he owns the Christy <laughs> McNichol and Jimmy McNichol long-playing record. Not only owns it. Had it with him. Had it in his office. Had it with him yesterday. So I went home and I um I uh, pulled a couple pieces of audio here and let's see. This is. You think that's how I got the job? Uh, by like the way, they were, they were interviewing him. Like, so what can you bring to the table? And like, well, I'm this Chris McNichol record. <laughs> <laughs> um. So this is uh, an album put together by Christine Jimmy McNichol. It's terrible. I mean, it's not even terrible. It's just bland. It's like. Really, really bad. Oh, it's the 70s. Yeah, it's like really bad Crosby, Stills, and Nash harmonies over really terrible Sean Cassidy music. Um, some of it covers, some of it originals. Now, keep in mind, Christy and Jimmy McNichol at this point are both underage and, of course, siblings. And yet they are inexplicably singing a lot of love songs to each other on this record. Uh, let's see here. Let's start with this one. Let's see if I've got... This is called... Page to page, I think, or page by page. Two kids singing back and forth to each other? This is two teenagers, a brother and sister, singing a love song to one another. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the siblings, McNichol. You're pretty covered. Now I want to read your book. Are they sitting next to the wrong microphone? <laughs> I kind of like this. It's not a bad song. Page by page, I will unfold your story. It's kind of sweet, and uh, you know. It's not a bad song. Except that they're two 15-year-olds singing to each other and their brother and sister. Yeah. It's not a bad song, though. I remember rollers getting to this song. It sounds like the Carpenters. And just kind of reminds me of uh, Tilly and the Wall. I can see that, but... Like they're slower. It's harmonizing. It kind of sounds like a really bad Eagles knockoff. See, 
All I picture now is uh, Michael Blue. I was just going to be singing Afternoon see, Delight. It's like that thing when they're saying, every time I see you, you light fire under me. And I mean, it must have been weird even then, don't you think? I don't think it registered with them. You don't you think, think there was a creepy then was like, well, that's creepy? No, I don't think so. It's not a bad song, though. All right, uh, let's do one more and then we'll break here. This is some disco crap. Oh no, this is a, this is something else. Well, I love a rainy night. Totally, yeah. I'm not even sure what this is. That's exactly what it sounds. It's, it's exactly yeah, yeah. that. So who's singing here? I don't know. The, that's the other thing is she's so butch that you can't tell what's him and what's her. Dig that keyboard. Wow. This is something we play in the background of a Bloodhound Gang montage scene. <laughs> wow. Totally. <laughs> yeah. All right, Amber. Oh, I think this is me just picking up the needle and dropping it at different points in the record. I think we're done. All right. Uh, let's take a break here. We'll come back. More from Tim Riley. Aaron Duran reviews Rambo 4. I'm sorry. Rambo. Rambo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Back after this. Don't go anywhere. Michael. You know it's going to choke any second now. No, maybe not. You know, these guys beat Elvis Costello out for the Best New Artist Grammy. Oh, boy. Uh, I've got their whole album here. This is a good song. You it's know not it. a bad song. I was whistling it in the Heather. Like, you know what? Just like that page-by-page page book or song. Uh, I have no problem with this song. Yeah, but you can't complain about it now. You know you can't because first it was too cold. Now if your mood's too hot, you can't do that. Then Brian will just kill us all. Maybe it's because you're wearing a sweater. Well, I wasn't going to say it. It's a sweater shirt. That's no, you're wearing really a shirt ugly. under your sweater. Moving on. Or is it sewn together? Two pieces. <laughs> okay. Kids. No, I've seen At the Ministry of Truth, here's Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. So there's going to be another storm this weekend. There isn't. Quit saying that. All right, they won't make it. Okay. And you know, it's Tim's fault that I'm so loopy today. Because I believed his news yesterday that there would be snow, so I assumed that our company would close for a snow day. And so you stayed up. So I went to the midnight showing of Rambo. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Tim. Oh, hey, hey, check out this terrible disco stuff in the Dinkle album. Check this out. Doesn't this sound like a coming up next on Star Search? We'll hear from a promising young comedian and see a girl who really puts the tap in tap dance. Totally. All coming up on Star Search. And then it would be Star Search. There you go. Dance, Rick. Yeah. No. Here's Tim Riley. Those Hershey Cavity Icebreaker mints look too much like drugs, so they must be removed, say the police. I don't even know what those what are. What drugs look like icebreakers? They look like uh, strips of uh, acid. Say he knows. 
<laughs> I, I do packs that hit store shelves in November are nickel sized dissolvable pouches with a powdered sweetener inside. Oh. The pouches come in blue and orange and bear the icebreaker's logo. Is Aaron like loves those... his powdered sweetener. Oh, yeah. Is it? Wow, don't ever make that noise again. Is this like the, are these like the Listerine breath strips? See, that's what I thought he meant. No, because, these are different. Okay, no. Because I remember I addressed oh, Harris Thompson one time. I remember the white ones with little blue crystals in them. That's what I was thinking. Well, members of Police Arcotics Squad say the mints closely resembled tiny heat seal bags used to sell powdered street drugs. The consequences could be serious, for example, if a child familiar with the mints found a package of cocaine. So this is, of course, the fault of Listerine or whatever. Who's the company? Uh, Hershey. Hershey. This is, of course, their fault. Yeah. yeah. All right. Fine. Whatever. So that's that. Okay. You know what? If your kid picks up little packets of powder stuff randomly out the street and sticks it in their mouth, that's your they problem. Whatever's, whatever, whatever's coming, they deserve. That's Aaron, who said that, I was just going to note that it's maybe your idea. You're uh, as a parent, perhaps you could keep an eye on your kid. No, that's society's fault. I know. <laughs> society must be punished. It takes a whole village to raise your child. It takes a village to raise a child. <laughs> See, what is with you today? I'm angry. Now I'm all mad. Why are you angry? Are... Now it's hot in here. That's why. This is the only place that's hot around here. <laughs> I'm trying to find the Starland vocal band version of La Bamba, and I can't find it. Border guards in Belarus are hunting for a man who tried to smuggle 300 parrots into the country on the back of his bicycle. They saw the man <laughs> out on a routine patrol along the border. What are they the just, like, stacked on top of each other in a huge, like a huge tower? Well, it's not an unusual sight, apparently, in Belarus, which is probably the parrot capital of the former Russian Republic. Jesus. Uh, but when they called him to stop, he jumped off the bicycle and ran into the nearby woods. The birds were crammed into six boxes, strapped to the other bicycle. Two of the birds uh, were checked by vets, who gave them a clean bill of health and passed them on to an animal sanctuary. A, it's the fawns. Yes, it's the ultra-cool fawns of the 1970s. He's coming back 30 years later to uh, Milwaukee permanently. A bronze statue, which would be stolen and placed in this neck of the woods, of the leather-jacketed biker from the happy days, will be elected in Milwaukee, where the TV sitcom was set. Is that true? Happy Days was filmed in Milwaukee. I yeah. thought that was Laverne yeah. and Shirley. No, they were both set in Milwaukee because Laverne and Shirley was a spin-off, spin-off of Happy Days. And we have this conversation about every three weeks about the Love American-style family tree. Last time I was here, we did. I have to tell you, I may have—I don't know if I've told this story, but that on that horrible, um, ill-fated job audition that I went on in uh, Wisconsin before I took this gig, they my hotel was across the street from the beer factory where Laverne and Shirley worked. Oh, that's pretty cool. From my hotel room window, you is could actually... Is that an actual beer factory? It's not the... What do they call it? Shots at Brewery. Shots, it, I thought it was just a bottling plant. No, no, no. Shots it's, No, it's, it, it, it's obviously not called Shots. I think it was actually... Uh, I don't think it was Schlitz. I don't know what it was, but Shots. it was. But it was. It was an actual brew. You know, beering. Beer. Beering. It was a beer factory. Uh, you could from my hotel window. The guy's like, hey, you know, checking that out. That's the Laverne and Shirley Brewery right there. So it was. You go up to my room and you could see it. It was very cool. Hmm. So, hmm. so the opening scene was filmed there, or was it filmed at the Budweiser plant at Van Nuys? That's I, the question that's on my mind. I don't know. The exterior uh, was certainly filmed there. I don't know about the and interior. the interior when they're when they're on the assembly line. You seem really like adamant about knowing how the Laverne and Shirley opening sequence was filmed. I am. I don't know. Can you sing the theme song? Get off my back! Yes, but do we're it. not going to do it. Oh, don't do it. <laughs> wow. So is there some sort of bad memory you have with Laverne and Shirley, Tim? No, it was one of my favorite sitcoms of all time. You don't wish to see me disparage it? Yes. Okay. It would, yeah, it would be a bad thing to do. It sounds like you've just been given an order from a member of the five families. Really? 
Uh, it would be a bad thing if you did that. By the way, this email says, Sending Sarah as a lesbian is a, uh, to her high school reunion is the right path. Round out the idea by having Storm go along as her lover. You would just know that's trouble and greatness waiting to happen. Also have a camera. All right. We well. could do a reality show called, like, Coming Out, and I could be going back to my hometown to confront my demons. Yes. I'm just saying, I really think the reality show angle is good because we can get it all on video. Your reunion is when? June? June, I think. Oh, we've Mayor, got time to June. think on it then. Uh, Tim Riley, will ye be back with more news later? Yes, to talk about this big storm that's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley, greatest newsman in all of creation. Back at 4, 5, 6, and 7, top of the hour, all the way through like us. Have a good week. Yes, kick it off by seeing Rambo. Uh, please now to talk about Rambo. No, Tim, don't go see Rambo. Whatever you do, do not go see Rambo. I've already seen all the movies I'm going to see. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> and the Tiger Wars are on Sunday night, too. So oh, that's right. Yeah. How everyone voted. Yeah. Okay. Uh, excellent. You know, I'm, uh, I'm going to be seeing There Will Be Blood and No Country for Old Men this weekend. I'm going to see There Will Be Blood, which, believe it or not, is playing at the Lloyd Cinemas. Really? Which is surprise the hell out of me. I, I, would, I would favor Cinema 21. <laughs> would you, if they uh, you, don't get, you don't get carjacked outside the Cinema 21. <laughs> no, but, not that I've ever heard. But you know what? At the Cinema 21, Tim, you can't walk about 40 feet to the left and pay like $80 to win a plushy toy in a redemption game. That's right. <laughs> it's rigged. It's an excellent movie. I I would say it's I want to see it. I haven't seen it yet. I'm yeah. going to check that out. Thanks. I know. I'm totally seeing it this weekend. Daniel Day-Lewis is apparently great. Are you sure that Paul Thomas Anderson's new thing is going to be a horror film? Yeah. They haven't described what it's going to be, but uh, apparently that's the next two. So, do you think maybe he's directing uh, Red State? Because Kevin Smith's been really yeah. quiet about that. I can't imagine Paul Thomas Anderson and Kevin Smith ever working on anything together ever, ever, ever. Oh, wait, yeah, because Magnolia fan, huh? Yeah, well, oh, just yeah. because they're two different types of filmmakers. No, that's I mean, true. Uh, all right, so why is there a new Rambo film, and why did you see it? Well, there's a new Rambo film because Sylvester Stallone wanted to make a Rambo film, and that's, I mean, that's really him. it. No, that's why there's a new one. You're supporting him. Yeah, Aaron. Well, yeah. Did you I went to see that, it because I liked it. Now, did you see this, that he was originally, because, you know, he had Rocky Balboa, the final Rocky Balboa, yeah, which yeah. was actually really good. Uh, but did you see that he was originally going to call this one John Rambo? John Rambo, yeah. And then did you see the reason he didn't? No, uh-uh. Because Harry Knowles said, why don't you call this one John Rambo as sort of a parallel and whatever? And he said, he goes... Well, because if you call it John Rambo, that kind of implies that it's the final Rambo film, and there's going to be more. Yeah. <laughs> if it's as cool as this one, that's oh, fine. Oh, really? Yeah. Are you being kitschy? No, this? I'm really not. Okay. I really did okay. have fun with this. All right. It's just that, you know, and it's not, like I said, it's not mindless entertainment, because I know that kind of, that really annoys you. He punches a guy's head off. Damn right. The it's head like, then explodes. No, the head explodes after it hits the water. Uh-huh. Then it How does explodes. the head explode in the water? Well, you Rambo punched you in the head, it would explode. Then. Perhaps if I were the head, I'm I just, would explode? No, I'm just mixing. He doesn't really punch a head and it explodes, but he does punch a head. No, no, no. I saw the trailer where he punches <laughs> a guy's head clean uh. off. Here's the thing. By the time he gets to the hardcore killing, you're you're right there with him because he kills people that need killing. Well, okay. I mean, I, that's the thing. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to sound pretentious by the, about this. Uh, I do. I you know, I'll tell you what. For uh, First Blood, you know, the first Rambo film. Yeah. Great film. No, it's fantastic. I own like the special edition yeah, of it. First Blood, the original Rambo film. Not unlike the original Rocky. First Blood is a great movie. Yeah. Even Rambo, First Blood Part Two, original script by James Cameron, I yes. believe. Yes. Yes. Rambo, First Blood Part Two is actually really good too. The original Rambo film. Uh, is is actually really good. Rambo 3, no. And then now this just seems Here's pointless. the thing. This one, much like he did with Rocky Balboa in the way he ignored some of the, the previous films. Is this a, is this a reboot? Or uh, like a... He, he pretty much ignores Rambo 3. They acknowledge yeah. a little bit of Rambo 2. They flat out ignore Rambo 3. And the whole, the whole gist of this thing is that when he came back to America, 
you know, he was a vet, and he found a country that didn't want him, didn't want to be reminded of him. So he Can't goes back. Can't even get a job parking cars. Yeah. So he goes back to live to the one place he only knows anymore, which is you the know, jungle. The jungle. Yeah. No, and he really is this really depressed, beaten down guy. Don't laugh. Shut up. <laughs> jungle knows me. Jungle does. Wait, and he does sell land. snakes. Home. I uh-huh. have no home. The jungle is my home. Hunted. Despised. despised. Oh, that was you doing yeah. it. Sylvester Stallone is Bela Lugosi. Despised. Okay. But I will make a race of Superman. <laughs> was this plastic surgery distracting? Yeah, because his face is all different. Um, A little bit, but... um. Thankfully, he gets beat up enough in this that you don't really notice it. Really? Like Mark Hamill? Someone yeah. seriously is like, um, like a tough guy when they've had their nose done. No, because you can tell he's probably not wearing a lot of makeup in this one. So well, his poster, natural age kind of goes... He is poster, so heavily airbrushed in that poster. Well, the one where it's his back is pretty badass, though. I haven't seen that one. Oh, that one is just his back. Please tell me there's a sequence. The knife. Is there the sequence where it's him shot from the back and he's putting the bandana on? Yes. Really? You better believe it. Actually, he pretty much always... They're not shining. He doesn't really... He, I don't... His shirt gets torn. He doesn't really ever take his shirt. He knows that he's old. Let me say this, and I don't want to sound like a crank. I really legitimately like Sylvester Stallone. I do, too. And I that's... like Sylvester Stallone. He's a good writer. He's a good actor. People don't think that's true, but he, he is. And he is very passionate about his own projects. He, he just, really is. He just picks the worst movies, though. That's the thing. You talk about a guy, and I'm not going to go on and on and on about Rocky. I'm just saying, he, he, you know, he created an American icon twice, actually. Twice. Rambo and Rocky. Yeah. He does have talent. He just has squandered it, though, man. The guy had so much potential, and he just, like, blew it. And even he kind of is admitting in interviews now lately. You know, they've asked him, you could go back, you know, what would you talk to your younger self. What would you do? He's like, I'd shoot the person who, t- you know, I'd shoot the, the Sylvester Stallone that did throw mom, you know, stop him, my mom will shoot, yeah. and those kind of movies. I mean, he just made so many bad movies and just wasted uh, all of this goodwill that the American public had because he allowed himself to could have turned into a joke. Yeah, no, that's uh, true. Unfortunate. But no, this movie really, I, it is good. It's a decent, you know, it's a decent action film. Where do you and re- it does get your, it does get your blood pumped. You do kind of get into the, you know, the visceral, you know, killing. Because we live in this sort of world of like the born identity and all of that now. And it, yeah, it, no. It, it seems like the, the bar for action films has really been raised. Well, here's the thing: stuff like the born identity, which I really enjoy. Yeah. They're, but they're very flashy and choreographed. Right. And uh, the violence doesn't. The, I don't want to say cartoony, but the violence in things like the born films. Um, stylized. It's very stylized. The violence in Rambo is nasty is and it gory gritty, and, gritty and it's ugly. Yeah, it's it's brutally ugly. All right. Which, you know, it's it kind of is a payoff on it. Uh, let's do a couple of these, and then we'll take a break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. Was that was that Chris McNichol and her brother singing Afternoon Delight? No, no. They sing a, they sing oh. a different song, which is equally uh, incestuous. Yeah, it's just wrong on so many levels. Yeah. Anyway, the reason I was calling is you were talking about fake tags for cars earlier. Yes. At one time, I had a trip permit way back when they didn't have these 21-day trip permits. And I took the trip permit off my car, made the seven a nine. See, that's, I mean, I just don't have the guts to do that because I would completely be caught. I am the guy, and I, you know what it is? I'm that guy that go, we need to make an example of someone, Mr. Emerson. And I would get like the maximum, you know, and you'd see me the out there picking up feces by the side of the road. The I was broke at the time, and the only reason I did is my brother said, hey, I did that once to get my car down to the racetrack. Or just claim that you've been vandalized. <laughs> you know Somebody's what? messing with me. Somebody I, screwed with me by giving me tags that extended my, uh, my eligibility <laughs> for another three years. I'll show him. Bastards, I'll show him. Yeah, thank I you. did that too, All though. Right. I know. I extended my trip permit when I first moved to Oregon. I don't know what a trip permit is. What is it's you... that little paper printout they give you, and it'll have like. You mean when you first buy a car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. But here's the thing: I had bought a brand new car in California, 
And in California, you get registered within like 72 hours, yeah. and the registration is obscene. It's like 10% of your card's value, yeah. what you pay. Yeah. And I was like, screw that, because I was moving in three months. So I chanced it, and when I moved up to Oregon, the day I moved to Oregon, I got pulled over for a speeding ticket yeah. in Oregon. And uh, the cop's like, y- you know you're also driving with expired trip permits oh. and everything. And I told him, I said, here's the deal. You got me on speeding. I bought this car three months ago in California. I knew I was moving to Oregon. I didn't want to pay the full price. I swear to God, Monday morning, I'm going to the Oregon DMV and getting Oregon plates. And he went, all right, screw California. Welcome <laughs> to Oregon. <laughs> Excellent. Well done. It was cool. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Rickster. Best show ever. Uh, I would like to comment, if you liked the movie Rambo, First Blood, you've got to read the book, First Blood, by Joseph Morrell. Extremely good. I mean, it's a cool story, and this isn't as, you know, Hollywood. Right. The movies always are, but uh, uh, really good. He kicks ass and takes names. Really? Although uh, a far more depressing ending. Yeah, that's that's what I've heard. It, it, it really is. Yeah. You know, the it other, is. Uh, I, and it's just called First Blood? It's called First Blood, Joseph Morell. Cool. I'll check it out. That's Thank it. you, sir. That's all. Thanks, sir. That's like I keep wanting to read that Nothing Lasts Forever by Roderick Thorpe, which is the basis for Die Hard. Yeah. Uh, because it's amazing to think that Die Hard is actually based on a novel. <laughs> uh, so I really do want to read that novel. I want to see what kind of a book is made into uh, you know, into Die Hard. All right. I'll play some of the break. This is the uh, Starland Vocal Band. This is Baby, You Look Good on Me Tonight. I've been up on... No, or not. That's God interfering right there. All right. We'll back after this. The... Rick Emerson show, don't we now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day. Who wants to hear a horrible story to end out the week? I do. Me, me, me. Man gets 120 days in jail after hiding drugs in body cavities. It says this is one prisoner who needs his mouth washed out with soap. <laughs> Frederick Stevens arrested for convenience store theft in Niagara Falls. The officer noticed that Stevens, who was sitting handcuffed in the back of the cruiser, was moving around. The officer testified he stopped his cruiser to make sure the prisoner hadn't removed the handcuffs. At the police station, it was discovered that Stevens had removed a drug-filled plastic bag from his rectum and concealed the bag in his mouth. Oh! Doesn't he know you never go <laughs> bag to mouth? Bag to mouth. <laughs> All right, I don't want to get dumped again. Sarah read a great comment from Joni uh, on uh, my, MySpace, which is, what are they going to do with those Joker phones now that Heath Ledger's dead? Uh, I'm not sure what they're going to do with them. Um, but they are going to ramp back, obviously, they're going to ramp back some of the Joker-heavy um, promotions. God. Um, however, that was it was planned anyway. Because um, he did kind of disappear, because he had that phone, he got that one phone call, and then Right, nothing. right, right. And apparently in the movie also, Joker is just kind of this random act that shows up and now, causes he, havoc. You said he lives in the movie. In yes, Dark he does. He film. does not die. They well, said, awkward. well, because they were going to bring him back for cameos in the third one, kind of uh. still acting out from behind the bars of Arkham. And now they're deciding if they're going to either use computer-generated or if they're just going to write the Joker out of the third one. But he's still not going to die. I guess that's better. Like, I heard he has like the last scene in this movie too. Yeah, and it's supposed to be super eerie. Yeah, from like the cell of Arkham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weird. Well, I mean, I guess better that because if they killed him in the movie, that would just be too much. It would just yeah. be too. Yeah, I, too I don't think weird we could see him dead. Yeah, I don't think we could see Heath Ledger getting killed on screen. In right terms now, of promotion, either. Warner Brothers is going to up the date for what they already had planned around March, which was shifting the attention from the Joker to the building relationship of Gordon, Batman, and Harvey right, Dent taking right. on the crime bosses. Right. So what I think you're going to start seeing are some political ads for electing Harvey Dent as that's DA. Cool. That'll be really cool. That is really cool. Especially going into an election year that's going to like, hey, I'm Harvey Dent. And yeah. I'm running, that'll, be, that'll work really That's good. really great. Boy, Aaron Eckhart, I love that guy. I'm yeah. glad he's kind of, you know, he's found a little niche for himself. You know, that's cool. Playing the sort of, he plays the sort of big grin, but like just a bad 
greasy bathroom. Oh, yeah, and you know what? People that think that uh, he's been creepy before and, like, thank you for smoking... Those of you that read Batman comics know that before he ever became Two Face, Harvey Dent had some had some ugly demons that would come out in the comics, and Excellent. I'm looking forward to see Eckhart pulling it off. Uh, real quickly, this email says, "What is the name of the band that sung that cover of the Paula Abdul song Straight Up?" Uh, that's a band called Halifax. Uh, it's on an album called Punk Goes 80s, uh, sir. All right. Uh, Geekinthecity.com, Film Fever Radio. Yep. Uh, Film Fever Radio, the new show, uh, went up late last night, so you can listen to the new show where we talk about some Oscar, you know, some Oscar talk. And uh, we talk about the things going on with the new J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie, which, if you go to Geek in the City, I Paramount picked Geek in the City as the Portland uh, location for all Star Trek news. That is so, so cool. Awesome. Well done. Yeah, so I feel like this little cheese ball application. You? Two days ago, I got an email from Paramount Marketing saying, you know, Geek in the City has been chosen for Portland's, you know, wow. location. So, wow. well done. So basically, if you go to Geek in the City and you go to my link section, there's a link that says Star Trek 11. Click on that every day, because the more hits they show through Geek in the City means more swag Paramount sends to Portland. Excellent. Fantastic. So. All right, that is geekinthecity.com, home for all your Portland geek needs. Uh, and let's that's see. how you pitch yourself. Totally. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we, want to see, uh, we want to thank Cena Radio Correspondents uh, Ed McCarthy and Lisa Desjardins, Aaron Duran from geekinthecity.com, uh, and uh, Chris Paddock from uh, Rock 101 KUFO for giving us that Christy and Jimmy McNichol music. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970 Solid State Radio, proud part of CBS Radio, the Tiffany Network. Uh, on the phones, Richie Bristol in the newsroom, Tim Riley upstairs, the gatekeepers, Dave Zinn. Webmistress is Bridget, and of course, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Reynolds. Uh, like us next. See you on Monday. Have a good weekend. Watch out for snakes. Bye now. <laughs>